This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking F9, colon, the fast saga. Aaron, I'm pressing F9 on my keyboard. Nothing's happening. Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. <laughs> We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, hi. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies via mostly spoiler-free review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 457, 457. You got to that in a quarter quarter uh, mile. Yeah, that was pretty good. Well, Abe, have you heard of 10-second cars? Mm-mm. This is a two-second podcast, let me tell you right now. <laughs> Oh, and uh, you can find more stuff over there. Yeah, that's it. That's the show. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, what are we doing? This week, 457, we are talking about F9, colon, The Fast Saga. The ninth entry in the Fast Prime series, slash 10th entry in the overall Fast and Furious franchise. Mm-hmm. And also the 10th film in a franchise consisting of both a film, a universal ride, a animated series, of course, uh-huh. And uh, probably multiple video games. I don't know why I need to clarify all that, but I did, and now we have to. I don't know why either, but now I know more than I knew, knew before. <laughs> well, there's four seasons of that <laughs> that animated series, by the way. <laughs> I've seen all of them. Uh, <laughs> joining us to discuss F9: Cold of the Fast Saga, we have from the Too Fast Too Forever podcast and a founding member of the Cage Club Podcast Network, ready for a family barbecue. It's Joey Lewandowski. Hello there. Hello, hello. Thank you for having And thank you for respecting Hobbs and Shaw enough to lump it in. I've seen too many people say there's only nine movies, and I'm like, no, there's not. There's ten. So thank you for that. And also for respecting Spy Racers, I guess. Of course. (laughs) Also joining us, and also from the Too Fast, Too Forever podcast, and co-host of such shows as Magic Mike's and Zack Attack, Double Fist and Coronas, it's Joe Two. Hi. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this movie with you guys. We've been like hyped since we saw it on Thursday. So <laughs> I've been just trying to, you know, it's like a big week for us, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Great. Glad glad to have you guys here on. Even I always like having new guests on the show. Double Fist and Coronas, no less. Yeah, that's just... Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Joe, how they roll. Joe's going to be drunk by the time that we're, we're like at Quickies. Do you get drunk off Coronas? You know I... <laughs> Joe's been drunk since you started talking to him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Real quick, before we get into things, what can you explain to our listeners, what is the Too Fast, Too Forever podcast? So, the aforementioned podcast that you mentioned, the Zack Attack, Joe and I did every Zack Efron movie, and then once that was over, we're like, what should we do next? And we had this idea for Ryan Gosling podcast and the Channing Tatum podcast, and we're like, what if we just did movies exclusively that we liked? And so we started out monthly, we went to bi-weekly, and then we went to weekly, and then we went to twice a week for COVID, and now we're back to once a week. That kept changing. But the point of the show is we watch the movies on repeat, bring a new guest every time. In between the Fast and Furious movies, we watch what we call Pit Stops, which are just other movies that are related. Like right now we're watching modern car movies, mm-hmm. defining modern as any car movie that's come out since the first movie. So I think since 2001. So we're doing – like we just did Bumblebee. Like later this lot we're going to do Fury Road. We're going to do Baby Drivers, and so – even though they don't have anything to do with the Fast and Furious movies per se, they're tangentially related. And like, uh, we like to see how we can connect them with the quote unquote the fast connections, like what the the thematic and the <laughs> you know, plot connections and conventions Trademark and everything that. that you know interlock between the two. 
Well, I'd, I'd like to think that John Cena's character, Jacob, when he was working for Mr. Nobody, spoilers, slight spoilers, uh, that that's part of the Bumblebee universe right there. Exactly. Yeah, that's what we were saying. <laughs> and also, yes, yeah, so this lap, and this is a uh, a preview for you, Aaron, uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron yes, sorry, I forgot who was going to join us for a second. It's also, <laughs> like, two two guys named with the first letter A, and then we have two Joes. Like, I know, it's just, it's all, it it's all messy. Synergy. It's all very messy. <laughs> um, but Aaron, when you join us for Tokyo Drift, when you join us for Tokyo Drift, get in your mind now we're playing a game this lap where was jacob while this movie was going on oh, okay. so like tokyo drift is a different thing where like none of our people are really in it it's all new people but we're you just keep an eye out like where is jacob like could he be in tokyo why would he be in tokyo now we know mm-hmm. about him he could be anywhere at any point so just yeah. you know keep that in mind that is a, that is something i've already been considering as far as this the, the reshaping of our fast universe based on sure. this film but we're gonna since, work guys we're gonna introduce i yeah. thought about everything <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get to all of that when we get to our main review. But first up, let's do let's do some. Qu- Thank you for that description of the podcast. And yeah, too fast, too forever. That's available everywhere you can find podcasts as well. So um, it's a fun show. Friend of the show, Mark Hoffmeyer was just on it uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Mark's great. Mark had. Uh, I don't want to like put down our other guests, but like Mark <laughs> was one of our best guests in a while. Like he was so passionate and into it, and we just had a wildly long episode because he just kept being like, "Hey, let's talk about this amazing thing and this awesome thing and this fun <laughs> thing." And whatever. we're like, "Okay, cool." And then we talked about sharks for a while because that's what that's what happens. That, when that's to Mark. what he loves. You, you heard you yeah. heard it here from Joey. Better than other guests. Uh, okay, we'll be <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> Quoted, confirmed. <laughs> um, quick show notes uh, right here. First, speaking of all of this, our new commentary track is up: "The Fast and the Furious." We talked about the first film mm. in the Fast Saga. We previously talked about Tokyo Drift and Too Fast and Furious. We tend to have a thing of not talking about the first film in these franchises before we actually do the first film. Regardless, that was this month's commentary track. It's a lot of fun. Abe, you were actually on this track, which is great, too. I was. It was a fun time. Listen to it. Yeah. Um, Give us some feedback. Yeah, that that would be great. That leads us to the next thing, because you can find that commentary on iTunes, along with all of our other episodes, and you can go on there, and you can give us a rating review, which would be great. No notes, but just feedback. Yeah. What if we had a list of notes? Things, just things like, we could know, do better. You guys can be puncher with like the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> get, get, get better at that comedic timing that you've been harnessing for 11 years on this thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? Uh, quick summer gamble update. Obviously, F9 opened this weekend. I believe all of us, with the exception, I believe, of one of Adam Gentry, friend of the show, um, picked uh, F9 to be the number one film at the worldwide box office uh, for the summer. Uh, for the Joes, for you understand, we do a gamble every year where Abe and I, along with several guests, we predict what we think are going to be the top 10 highest grossing films of the summer. This year mm-hmm. we're doing it for the worldwide box office, which makes it especially tricky. Um, but yeah, Fast 9 opened, and we all pretty much assume it's going to be the biggest one worldwide, but we'll see what happens. But it opened domestically to $70 million, and it's worldwide is currently at like $400 million. So it's in pretty good Ooh. shape <laughs> right now as far as things go. Looking good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that's going to do it right now for announcements and show notes. So let's move on. Yeah, that's uh, I'll check. I'm scrolling through my, my very short list of things. All right, <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's get to our now quickies. Yeah. Each week, we would talk about the quickies. quickies. Very much. That's just fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pretty quick. Turn the Nas on. I could hear it. All right. So let's uh, let's start with Joey. Joey, what other movies have you seen recently? So I, I've been rewatching a couple things, some things that I love and some things I uh one thing I did not particularly love that I know that you guys covered, I looked it up, but I rewatched recently Knives Out, which I saw mm-hmm. in theaters a couple years ago, and I did not listen to the episode. Did you guys like or dislike that movie? Because I think most people love that movie. I really like that movie. Liked I think it. Abe, yeah. you really, really like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I 
I feel like I like Ryan Johnson. I like the idea of Ryan Johnson more than I like his actual movies, if that makes sense. And I enjoyed that movie in theaters, but I figured out the twist. And I was also annoyed that everyone in the the entire crowd was laughing at everything Chris Evans said before he said it. I was like, this is driving me crazy. So I watched Alone here at home and I was like, oh, no, I like this better. I still don't think it's like the God's gift to man or whatever the people like because people love that movie. Like, it's crazy. And I felt like I was wrong. Like It's one of those where I'm like, did I watch this wrong? And I liked it. I liked it more. Um, but, uh, so soft recommendation for knives out, but I know you guys talked about it like a hundred episodes ago or whatever. So to, to, uh, just to speak to that, I will say I like all of Ryan Johnson's films. I put that at the bottom of the list. If that makes any sense. (laughs) Yes, fair. I mean, he also, he did make the best star Wars movie. So that's, we are pro last Jedi on this podcast. So you're in good company. We had long rants about this. Yeah. We, we uh, like being correct. So (laughs) fight us, everybody fight us. And the other thing that I've been rewatching is the World of Tomorrow shorts. Do you guys know those, oh, the yeah. Donna Hertzfeld shorts? I have seen I the first those. two. I have not seen the third one yet. Well, the third one is maybe the best one. They're both. They're all Ooh. great. I mean, they're all wow. wonderful. Um, they sort of came out of Fantastic Fest, and number three came out, I think, two years ago, and I just backed the Kickstarter that he did this year to get them on Blu-ray later this year. But, I did, too. Yeah. You know, and I just love those things so much, and they're just delightful and weird and melancholy and wonderful, and just they're the best. So I've been rewatching those kind of things and just finding joy in those. Very cool. Uh, Joe, too. How about you? What have you been seeing recently? Usually, like, Joey knows this, but I watch, like, a lot of trash TV. So usually I watch, like, a lot of trash TV. But movie-wise, something that I saw recently was A Quiet Place 2. That was, like, one of the first movies I went back to the theaters to see that I really liked. Mm -hmm. So, um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, we, dude, we've just been consuming so much trash TV in my house right now. We're get, getting ready for Fast 9. I like wanted to go in kind of undiluted for it, so that's what I've been up to. Very cool. Makes sense. Abe, how about you? Where are you up to? I haven't really been watching any movies lately, but I did watch uh, Vin Diesel's first directorial short. Um, it's called Multifacial. It was trending on Twitter at mm. when F9 was coming out, um, and I was like, oh, let me go check this out, because they had a scene in there, and I was like, this is actually a really really strong first movie and i was like it's only 20 minutes long it's on youtube you can check it out but it's about vin diesel and how he's not dark enough how he's too light or or not light enough and how he's trying to be a struggling actor in new york and it's actually really well written and i was like this is very introspective and it's very thoughtful about like how he fits into like the the movie star um or the the movies in hollywood the movies and it's, it's, yeah the mm-hmm. movies. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and it's it actually like shows a quite a bit of range for Vin Diesel. And I was like, I can see now where the appeal comes from, and where did it go for the rest of his movies? But you know, it, it's really good to watch. Twenty minutes, you won't regret it. Check it out. Well, so that was the thing. I don't know if you know the backstory, but that's the thing that Steven Spielberg yeah. saw and was like, you should be in uh, Saving Private Ryan because that's mm-hmm. you're that good in that thing. So. Yeah, that's an important little short. That was on my mind as well. I was like, yeah, you don't get ushered into a Spielberg film for no reason. Like, that's that's what got him there. Because he did that and he did another film too. He did like two movies before he like got like became a Hollywood star. Uh, Which happened really quick. Like, went from Saving Private Ryan to boom, you got Pitch Black, you got Fast and Furious, you got knock around classic knock around guys yeah <laughs> like all these things happen Boy probably, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah he's he's a he's a quite a star now he's probably holding universal up by himself him and the dinosaurs um <laughs> all right uh i've seen a few things i'll make note of first up i so i saw this at sundance uh or at home at sundance but uh summer of soul this is quest loves john his new his first film um it's about the harlem cultural festival a giant music festival that took place in harlem in 1969 the same year as woodstock Uh, it Mm -hmm. was captured on film recorded 
and the footage all sat in the basement for 50 years. Uh, Questlove found it. Uh, I assume there's some means as to why that happened. Um, and assembled that into a documentary. It has a lot of, a lot of obviously a lot of footage from the concert, a lot of music footage from artists like uh, Stevie Wonder, uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Sly and the, uh, Sly and the Pips. Like there's a ton of ton of popular artists from the day, as well as um, talking heads from some of the artists that were there, as well as some of the people that were attending that concert. It's a fantastic documentary. I, it's so I saw so I saw it on it. I saw it again because it premiered at the El Capitan Theater in L.A. in Hollywood. I took my dad to see because he really was interested in it. So we went and saw it. Still great. <laughs> I just want to mention it again. Cool. It's, just, it's, such a, it's one of my favorites of the year, easily. It's just such a great time. It gave me a lot of like, it, 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 you know, this. I love Dave Chappelle's Block Party. It gave me, yeah. it gave me that Both kind of vibe with the, you know, with the, you know, minus the Dave Chappelle comedy part. But instead of that, you just get a lot of context and history for the time. So it's just, it's just a fantastic documentary all around. Uh, I highly recommend it. I know it comes to Hulu uh, this coming week, so it'll be available for all the. Oh, see. cool! Yeah, there you go. I'll also mention the Ice Road. Speaking of things that go fast or occasionally mm-hmm. don't, this is the new Liam Neeson film that is now direct to Netflix because, yeah, um, this <laughs> and it's from director Jonathan Hensley of the of the Punisher of all things. This one is a disaster action thriller with Liam Neeson <laughs> as a Yay. big rig driver who gets hired on for a job where a bunch of miners are trapped in like northern Canada somewhere in a mine and it's up to it's up to Liam Neeson along with Lawrence Fishburne who's leading the pack and several other big rig riders to get themselves up there to get the materials needed so they can get these miners out of a mine along the way both the weather and nefarious business dealings get in the way of this whole process Oh no O-line making... archers involved <laughs> uh, this movie's not good uh, and yeah. it's a shame. Like I'm all for a you know B level Liam Neeson action movie, but these past this one and like the past couple, the Marksman and what Honest Thief, not the not the not the high point for Neeson in these sure. things. And it's not because of him. Like he's doing the part. Like it's even in these movies, I don't think he's phoning it in. But it's just like this. This could Does be... he have a Canadian accent in this movie? No, he's still playing Irish. He even says oh, you can kick okay. you can kiss, you can kiss my Irish ass at one point, and it's like. <laughs> I mean, the conviction's there. I don't know. <laughs> the rest of the movie was, was on that level. Um, so, yeah, not not great, uh, which is a shame. Last thing I'll mention, False Positive. This is a new movie on Hulu now. It stars Alana Glazer of Broad City fame. She also... Oh, this is this is the wildest cat. Like, I'd never heard this movie till this week, and I was just like, I don't know how these people got together in a movie. Like, this yeah. is a weird mashup of people. Yeah, it's got, it has her, who co- she co-wrote and produced the movie also. It also has Justin Theroux as her husband, Pierce Brosnan as a fertility doctor, and Gretchen Mole <laughs> as his assistant. Uh, all the sense among others i think there's other still more yeah. people in there that i haven't mentioned but this is it's basically a modern riff on rosemary's baby um <laughs> which it's weird to say that because it's like well that gives you pretty much the you know the the landing of where this is all going to some go. degree but yeah. but even then like it's not so much about like what's going on because you obviously know something's up from the get-go but it it wants to, it seems like it wants to be both a horror film and a kind of a bit of a satire on wealthy people using fertility treatments. And mm-hmm. I get, uh, it feels like I kept getting what it's trying to do, but it's not landing like the punches it needs to, to be better. Like there's good stuff in it. Pierce Brosnan's great. And he's having a lot of fun in this role as far as this being like most genial doctor guy, but there's clearly something like sinister underneath. But <laughs> overall, it's just, it's not quite, it's not quite good. Like there's enough good in it, but it's just, it doesn't all add up to be all that, all, all that worthwhile. So that's false positive. That's on Hulu. Um, all right. That's on our quickies. Yeah. Let's move on now. 
let's get to our trailer talk, where we talk about a couple of the newest movie trailers of the week, when they're coming out, what we think of them, what have you. We got a couple of trailers this week, and the first one is The Harder They Fall, because action. And it is a new Western that's also, it's also coming to Netflix. It has a huge cast featuring Idris Elba, Jonathan Majors, Regina King, Delroy Lindell, Keith Stanfield, Zazie Beetz, uh, just a lot of people. It's based, uh, I don't know, it's, it's not based on a true story specifically, but there are a lot of true life black Western cowboy characters in this film. And it seems to involve a gang coming together to get vengeance on somebody for some reason. But I think there's more going on based on what this trailer's giving me. But uh, let's let's uh, jump to let's jump to Joe. Joe, what do you think of the trailer for The Harder They Fall? This this movie looks really great to me because we're huge um, Atlanta fans. Ah. So um we watch the show a lot and I was like oh like once I saw Lakeith Stanfield I was like oh that's cool you know like I'm a big fan of his and that and then Zazie Beach showed up at the end of the trailer but I was like yeah this is right up our alley um this is definitely something that I would watch I like the trailer I I didn't feel like it was too spoilery like like you said you mm-hmm. know you see that they're trying to get vengeance on something um usually Joey and I are pretty like much try to restrain from watching trailers for fear of spoiling movies but this one looked pretty good so yeah i was excited about it the cast is awesome joey how about you yeah i was saying to you via email when we were setting up the the episode that i don't usually watch trailers and i've since passed that on to joe because like especially for f9 like we're gonna talk about we watched the first one because there's no way you can't watch the first one when you have a fast and furious podcast you can't not watch the trailer (laughs) Uh like I would have loved nothing more for spoiler alert to not know that Han is back. Like if that happened in the movie, like can you imagine how cool that would have been yeah. as a fan for that just to be like, oh my god, like, like, I what? get why they're doing it or whatever. Yeah. But like still, at the same time, but then we watch a second trailer for that, and I'm like, oh, this spoils all the cool things in the movie. Like, <laughs> and like I, I mean, we both love the movie. Obviously, we have we're we were not gonna not love the movie unless it was absolute garbage, which it wasn't. But like. I don't know why you would watch the second trailer because if you watch the two trailers, you almost don't have to see the movie. And like, it's, I just get irked by people. Like I love trailers as an art form. I think they're amazing. Like a good trailer is almost better than a good movie sometimes, but I just, it drives me crazy. This one's fine. Like, I don't know what this movie's really about. It looks cool. Like Joe was saying, I like the, you know, the Atlanta guys. Um, I like Regina King from, uh, Watchmen and from everything she's done. And, uh, just cool to see, you know, uh, Netflix movie, I'll watch it. Sure, why not? Absolutely. Abe, you could speak to this a bit about trailers. Like you're, you're, we're, you're pretty good on like the teaser. Sure, watch that. Then you're kind of done yeah. after that, right? I think that we're both on that same page too. I, like, I, I get like... to a, I get to a thing where I watch the first minute of like second trailers, and I just kind of stop. Then <laughs> and just, then you just get it because then it's yeah. just because then it's just because the, they'll be like, okay, here's some plot stuff. Then money shot, money shot, money shot. I'm like, all right, like right. I can I can yeah. take the money shot part out. <laughs> and like to your point, Joey, like there was the whole entire like Suicide Squad where I was like, this is a great trailer, and then I watched the movie. I was like, this is a terrible movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so I, I'm on the same page where I will just watch the tra- the teaser trailer, the first one only. Like, even in theaters, I'll just close my eyes and yeah, not watch yeah. anything else. Yep. Like, and and that's kind of just the way that I want to roll these days. With COVID though, it's been very interesting to not watch any trailers and just go into a movie super cold and just be like, this is actually better than I thought it was gonna be, which has happened a couple times. Uh, but yes, I'm on the same page of trying not to spoil myself and trying to let things go because I think as we all, all four of us are. We watch a ton of movies and watch a ton of shows. Like you can really start to piece together things that you probably didn't want to piece together. No, um, yeah, absolutely. And like, so this is not an exaggeration to say the first mm-hmm. shot in the second trailer for F9 is the last shot in the movie. And it's like, what are you doing? Why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> and so Joe took one for the team and he watched the second trailer for F9. He's like, 
it spoils things, but it also more so spoils things that like we would care about. And like, yeah. you know, I'm, I don't honestly care about the action in the Fast and Furious movies, but like it's all the character moments and it's like the little things. And like, however you want, whatever you're looking for in a movie, like we know that we're going to see Fast and Furious 9. Like we're, we're not going to not see it. Like right. I want to go in as pure as possible. I, I have friends who like I want to know if like people who read the wiki before they see a movie. I, mm-hmm. I, I understand Why? that conceptually. I don't know. They just want to like be able to follow. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. It, that like, that that goes to trailer logic though. That's why studios put up a lot, and it's not new. Like people want a lot of people want to say the trailers give up too much now. It's like they were worse back then. Like what's yeah. they they give, they give literally yeah. like the Casablanca trailer is amazing as far as you know in every single step that happens to that movie. Now, granted, and so Joe and I want. Yeah, I was just saying. I was just, saying, I was just saying, Granted, you know, trailers are. It's easier to watch them today than it was in the '40s. Like, it's not sure. like you can just look it up sure. right away. You have to. You have to actually go to the theater and see the trailer. Then you won't see that movie probably for another six months, so you forget the trailer anyway. But like, it's. Yeah. No. It's. The, the, the logic. The I was gonna say. The logic is that audience studios generally think audiences. They don't mind this. It doesn't bother them in a in a general sort of sense. People like us, right. I get that. Like, yes. it, right. And I, yeah. But also, it's, think it's our choice to watch them. I mean, that's there that. are people who will like laugh at a joke in the trailer and then laugh hardest at that joke in the movie because they know it from the trailer. I it's like, that. but I like <laughs> I, I know it already. But like one thing that Joe and I do is that when we when we talk about a movie that's not a Fast and Furious movie, like we do like a pit stop, yeah. we will watch the trailer after our conversation and we figure out like is this a good trailer? Is it a cool trailer? And like, mm-hmm. what was that movie? Oh my god. I just I spent six hours in the car today and I don't remember. There was the movie that we watched Joe last year about the counterfeiter. Oh, to live and die in L.A. And we're like, holy oh. shit, this trailer is like better than most movies that we've watched. And the movie yes. rules. But the trailer was like, oh, my God. And I don't know if it's a trailer that works for like mainstream America, especially mainstream America in the 80s when that movie came out. But like, it's amazing. Like That's a work of art on its own. I'm just like, oh, OK, cool. Watching it. Yeah, there's no doubt always... that like we definitely love trailers and we, we actually like. Every so often, we'll just be like, "That was a really good trailer." We'll ask each other, like, "What trailer really stuck with us?" You know, there's there's a category for it for sure. So Abe, yeah, <laughs> just to get back going on track back a to bit. this trailer that we talked. I'm, I'm super into this conversation, by the way, but we got to keep going. Abe, what do you think of this trailer? <laughs> the trailer is exciting. I think that what I'm really on board for is the cast, and so seeing the Keith Stanfield, Idris Elba, you guys mentioned Regina King, who's been fantastic and everything. Um, and then, you know, you've got freaking Jonathan Majors who like carried mm-hmm. uh, one of the most underseen movies that you and I loved from like a couple of years ago, Last Black Man in San Francisco. It's like, dude, this trailer is fantastic. The only thing that really worries me a little bit is how I feel about Netflix productions. Mm. So only- I, uh, I mean, regardless of the end product as a trailer, uh, this is just a really great sell for this thing. Right, like that's my main takeaway. Like I, this cast is great, so I, I can't, I can't think it will be terrible. Like at the very least, I'll just get a lot of like interesting moments from these people involved in this movie. But for a trailer standpoint, the thing that we haven't really mentioned, it's very stylish, <laughs> and, which looks like it's reflective of the actual film, not just how they're editing this trailer. It looks like a very stylish film. Like they're going for something very specific, and I think that's especially the case when you have people like like Delroy Lindo plays Bass Reeves, who is largely seen as the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. <laughs> but, so it's like, there are real people in here. So it makes me think, okay, so we're like doing like a stylish, like revamping of history of some kind. Like, cool. I'm into that. I'm into what this is selling. And yeah, you got a lot of great people in here. You, you have like an epic intro for Idris Elba. Like, it's like, cool. I'm, I'm into all of this. So I, I want this to be a good thing. 
I it came out of nowhere for me. I don't know this director, James Samuel. I believe he has like a music video background or something or other. But uh, he's a musician, so you know, there you go. Um, but I, I I'm hoping for the best. Um, we'll we'll see what happens because Abe, I understand the trepidation when it comes to non artours making Netflix debuts. Like I get that, but uh, yeah, we'll see. But the uh, the heart of they fall opens sometime opens it hits Netflix um, later in 2021. Um, the next trailer we have is Coda because family. Uh, this is <laughs> this is a this was a big hit at Sundance. It won a lot of audience awards. Uh, it was purchased for an exorbitant amount of money, I believe. Uh, yeah, 25 million for for Apple. So it is debuting mm-hmm. at Apple. This film features a deaf family, with the exception of the daughter, um, who can hear and speak uh, as as a person that is you know not handicapped in any way uh she wants to be a singer uh, the rest of her family her father and her brother specifically they work as fishermen and uh, as a high school kid with you know dreams in front of her it's coming down to what's gonna be the choice to be made i have seen this movie but uh the trailer is now out so i'm curious what you guys thought of it let's start with joey this time joey what do you think of the trailer coda i was high on this movie coming out of sundance because oh, everybody was too? like no, I have not seen it. I don't have the kind of access that you have. Oh, but you're, you're, just aware, you're just aware of it. Okay. <laughs> excited about it. Yes. Got it. I, I should rephrase it to say that I was excited about it because, like, it felt like Sundance was kind of like a weird thing this year because it was still in COVID. But, like, there were, like, three or four movies, including this one, that people were like, these are the ones you need to see. And I was like, okay, cool. But I – again, this is the sort of trailer thing. Like, I don't know that a trailer – going back to the conversation before, mm-hmm. could spoil a movie like this, really? So I didn't know what the plot was. I knew that she was a child of deaf, deaf adults, which is the C-O-D-A in the title. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that about it, but I didn't know anything about the actual plot. And so now I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Because like sometimes me not watching trailers uh, backfires. So I'm like, oh, I had no idea what this movie's about, and I wouldn't have seen the movie anyway. You know what I mean? Like one of those kind of things. So uh-huh. like I was going to see this anyway. Apple's cool, and I will see it because I have heard good things about it. And now it's a cool thing. And plus – Joe, we can talk about a uh, high school summer party because they can Brian can cover it over there if it's a high oh, school movie. True. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It very much yeah. is a high school movie. Joe, what did you think of the trailer? Um, I liked it. It was a mo- It was a trailer that made me like a little sad seeing the trailer, knowing where the movie's gonna kind of go. The the mom, what's this actress's name? Do you Mar- know Marley Matlin? Marley, yeah. Yeah, she's like a superstar. It, like she is a huge um star that was on law and order svu episodes where she always like plays this character she's so we a, love her from that as well so. yeah she's an oscar winner as well <laughs> and so like w- w- every time i see her i really like her as an actress so i was i was in it from that jump too um yeah this is definitely something i'll see i didn't hear about it from some dance but now that i watch the trailer i'm like i'm in yeah really moving trailer i dig the story i dig where it goes it's good to see the kids from sing street all kind of like making their own waves as well uh, the other thing about this is that I am a fan of things that have been released on Apple Plus. Like, if we're talking about the streaming wars. Yeah. Oh, it, like, they're oh, things, great. They're hit Yeah, Apple really Plus has been releasing some really good things that we talked about even this past year. Like the BC Boys documentary yeah. and a, a few yeah. other things. And it's like, oh, cool. Well, that gives me even more excitement to try and see this movie. You guys have all said some really good things. Or, Aaron, you've seen it, so you've said some good things about it. But the other thing that I really want to pick up on is that um, there was a Google commercial from, like, two months ago go on it, it was also about coda uh and it was a really moving commercial and i was like <laughs> this commercial makes me feel things that i haven't felt since covid started um and i i was like I, i'm I, so related to just uh being a child of deaf adults it's like yes this this movie i'm gonna go see it yeah i i'm not gonna add much i'll just say that the movie certainly has a lot of appreciation for a lot of good reasons there's a lot of uh mm-hmm. things to look forward to as far as a, a nice emotional drama uh mm-hmm. 
So yeah, uh, Coda arrives on Apple on August 13th, so later this summer. Nice. All right, we did it. <laughs> we we got <laughs> we got through all that to lead up to this. Our review for F9 Golden, the Fast Saga. Y'all ever thought about the wild missions we've been on? We've taken out planes, trains, tanks. I'm not going to think about the submarines. And now we got cars flying in the air? Who is he? Jacob is Dom's brother. Been a long time, Dom. Little brother. You always say never turn your back on family. But you turned your back on me. Now your little family is in my world. That should have been some of the trailer for F9, called The Fast Saga. This is a reunion film in more ways than one. For one thing, we are back with Dom and his familia, uh, following a detour spent with Hobbs and Shaw. We also have the return of director Justin Lin, who helmed Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Fast Five, and Furious Six. And finally, this film sees the return for Dom's brother, Jacob, played by John Cena, who we are meeting for the first time. As it turns out, Dom's little brother is also an expert driver slash criminal mastermind with a grudge. He's using Charlie Theron's cipher as a means to capture some kind of crazy device that can ruin the world's economy or something. Regardless, <laughs> Dom, Letty, Roman, and the gang find themselves once again functioning as the one family that can save the world. I'm going to go to you, Joey. Where are you with this stage of the Fast franchise, as in the kind of biggers, better movement? And what did you think of this film? So I entered the franchise at Fast Five. So I completely bypassed the car element of this and went into the <laughs> over-the-top action. And I was like, this movie's amazing. And then I went back and watched one through four. And then I rewatched five. And I was like, okay, cool. Like Joe, when we get to Joe, like he's been on board from the beginning. So he's got a different sort of perception. But I entered at the action thing. So like in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, whatever, these movies have always been action movies. So I don't mind the insane action because I know that people – going from like three to four, three to five or wherever, like kind of turn people off, right? Because it's like, these are not the movies that I used to love. And I think objectively, if I can be, I think five is the best one in the franchise. Like, and I don't think that's close. I think it just, it's as good of an action movie as almost anything for the past decade. So this is somewhat more reasonable and realistic and grounded, even though there are people that maybe go to space question mark. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, this actually isn't kind of crazy. Like there's other ones that have been crazier than this. Uh, and I love the movie. So just, you know, I'm on board with everything. Okay. Joe, how about you? Yeah. Um, I definitely was there and watched the full evolution of them going from car movies to action movies. Um, this one was a really big summer blockbuster action movie, but at the same time, it felt like with the return, well, I keep giving Justin Lid credit for it. I don't know how much credit he actually has for this, but I keep saying like with him coming back, it felt like they kind of found more of the heart that we had in some of the earlier ones. He's um, got a story by credit, so I guess he has something going on. With yes, that. yes, he did write part of this one. We were talking about that. That, or like, you know, he was involved in the writing in this one. Um, I think that eight kind of seemed a little convoluted. So, like, for them to kind of revert back to that feel in nine and give us a lot more of these like family elements and stuff like that that the fans wanted, that I wanted as a fan, felt really nice. And th this is probably it's it's inching into its way up to like one of my top four favorite fast and the furious movies which says a lot because we love all of these oh. movies a lot so 
yeah, that's that's my take on it after just watching it once. I'm I'm excited to rewatch it soon. Abe, when we started mm-hmm. this podcast, Fast Five was coming out. That was like our fifth episode. <laughs> like it was really early on in the <laughs> right. show. Yeah. Uh, and as I recall, your your initial thing was like, yeah, all right, there's another one of these, but you weren't necessarily excited. Then we saw no, Fast I, Five. I, I was like really like anti Fast and Furious. Not not because I disliked it, because it was like, well, where are we gonna go from here after we've had four mm-hmm. of them? You know, the only thing that it could do is go more absurd, a la Jason, a la Leprechaun. Um, and then, much to my chagrin and much to Aaron's praise, is like the Fast Five was like one of the best movies I've ever seen, like <laughs> like in yeah. the last like decade. And I was like, holy shit! Like, where did this come from? <laughs> and you know, I with the Fast and Fast and Furious franchise, I've seen all of them. I started back back in the day when the first one came out and we just talked about it again as a as a um, commentary. commentary and i've been on board with the movies i've thought that they've become more absurd after fast five you know moving to six seven eight um and you know i i think that for this f9 movie there was a lot of me saying what the fuck is happening here or there was a lot of me saying what come on man um, and it kept going, it, it, the movie kept pushing forward and I was just like, not really begrudgingly sitting in my seat. I was like, let me see where this goes, <laughs> which is absurd for me to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to give this credit, this movie so much more leeway and credit than perhaps it deserves. It does go into like strange territory at the end of the day. Did, did I like it? Not really. However, I will say this, this movie is going to win. And that's what I'm like agreeing to like, as much as I'm like, you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like they're talking about a lot of like weird things and weird concepts, but ultimately, it's like a WWE match. It's it's like a soap opera. It's scripted. It's going to win. So if I accept it and I have fun with it, I will enjoy it much more. Mm-hmm. If I were to fight it and be like, no, like ludicrous. Why are you talking about physics? And then all of a sudden, you're defying physics like, in the <laughs> same scene. That would hurt my experience watching it. To the movie's best credit, I sat close, uh, COVID six feet away from like a couple, and they were really into the movie, and that heightened my experience watching it. So it was fun to see it in theaters with like somebody being like, "Oh my gosh!" when it was revealed that that Jacob is Don Toretto's brother. <laughs> I like that they were both into it and were not aware of what was going to happen. In this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I was like, have you not been watching any of the marketing for this? But at the same time, I was like, I was so thrilled to be like, I'm glad that they're giving me like some extra level of fun with this movie just to be like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. You know, so it was. Is it a good movie? I don't think so. But is it a movie that is fitting of the franchise where it's going? Kind of like what they've been doing for the last three movies since Fast Five. Yes, of course, it's on par. Like I kind of have to accept it as it is. Um, and therefore like it's entertaining, but I wouldn't say it's like, you know, if we were to rank these and I have not ranked these, it's probably not one of like the top three, four, five. I'm fascinated by this couple that like was really excited and walked into this and the, the hook of this movie is Don has a brother and they're like, he has a brother? <laughs> like, what? It was great. How did they come I, up I with these things? With them all the time. Yeah. It was so fun. Um, to give a little context, I, I saw, so this movie arrived in overseas in Europe and other area, uh, China, like. Uh, in may right it opened at the end of may so as a you know for a press screening i saw this movie in may i'm coming off i'm coming hot 
off of seeing it again with my lovely girlfriend and friend of the show scooter uh we just we just saw this movie again in imax so i'm very fresh on that and f9 right now and if anything i might like it a little more but i do like this movie i think it's very entertaining i would say it's maybe lower tier fast uh in the ranking which i do have on letterboxd somewhere um but as far as what it's doing for this franchise i do think it's a I don't necessarily a return to form, but it certainly feels like it's in a better direction than where we were after Fate of the Furious. I I, mm-hmm. I think that movie is fine, but I do think it it pales compared to the ones that came before it, because uh, I do put that one fairly low. But this movie, guys, this is this is Godfather Two meets Moonraker. This is the movie <laughs> of the summer right here. Like it has if you soap Bruno opera, soap opera is perfect as as Bruno yeah. Kirby should be in this franchise. To rest in peace, Bruno Kirby. Uh, but um, <laughs> he'd add so much. Oh my god! Uh, but, uh, no, this movie, the soap opera aspect of it, it's in such over, and that's coming off of eight, where Dom has a secret child with his former lover. This movie, <laughs> <laughs> this movie's like okay, he now he has a secret brother, and, and, and you have all this backstory, and you have these flashbacks done the old-fashioned way with real actors, which is like that's fun. Not to see reverse-aged Vin Diesel instead, just having like, oh, he just got a guy. Uh, how how unique for today's age. But regardless, the soap opera, like all that stuff, it it's good and it isn't. Like as far as like how to make this movie work, because it's it's pretzeling itself to make this storyline like function. But the problem I have is that it's resting the emotional core of the film on the the strength of Diesel and Cena's acting. And I'm not saying that they're bad actors. I think they bring a very unique presence to film. At the same time, they're not the deepest when it comes to this kind of emoting. So part of my issue with Fast and Furious, for example, is that it's a lot of brooding. It's why I don't like that movie very much. In the midst of the action, there's a lot of brooding and a lot of riding on Vin Diesel's shoulders as he like stands in front of oil rigs to show his emotions. Is this that movie... number four? That's one before, yes. This movie gets kind of back to that at points when you're just really reliant on Diesel showing you this side of him and John Cena playing very un... Like, John Cena, for the most part, plays a lot of goofball characters. I like that John Cena. This John Cena... Not as not, not not as fun. I love goofball John Cena. I love I do too. At the beginning, when yeah. you first meet Jacob and he kind of like winks at Dom, that's the fun John Cena that I wanted to see more of. <laughs> when he becomes like super serious and they're talking about their dad back and forth, it's like this is my world now, Dom. I, I, well, I, I think I, get I think it, we're gonna but... get that John Cena though. Like if you compare this mm-hmm. to The Rock joining Fast Five, right? Mm-hmm. And like he is obviously a movie star with a capital M and a capital S and that is the best movie in the franchise mm-hmm. but his character like Hobbs in 5 is, is mm-hmm. generic action military man and then by the time 8 comes around in Hobbs and Shaw he's goofy rock that can also be an action star and I think if John Cena is in 10 and 11 or 10 1 10 2 however it's going to be called uh, and they give him time to grow and develop I think you might get that goofball John Cena, even though the stakes are high. I agree with you, and I look forward to that because I I like that version of him. But compared to The Rock, what I like about Hobbs, though, is that he's the best he ever is in Fast Five, that version of Hobbs. I like – Rock can do that. Like, that (laughs) that works for that character. Where this Jacob guy, like, it's – because, you know, it's a movie. It's it's F9. Like, I'm not too concerned with this. But regardless, it just – it didn't it's not clicking with me so far like right. if that if that's yeah. his evolution cool and i look forward to seeing that more but for this movie specifically it's like all right there's a lot of this and it just wasn't the most exciting factor for me that said yeah. there's a lot of other things that i really like in this movie starting with tyrese who i think is the mvp of if not this movie this franchise like i think he's fantastic in this movie i think he has a lot of fun i think the writing of his jokes 
I think works out a lot better uh, than some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole thing that maybe we'll get to later that I think works because of his reactions to it. Um, and I, I find that to be, for a movie that goes to the ridiculous lengths that it does, the fact that it can make that part not be the silliest thing in this film to me is impressive. Uh, yeah. Outside of that, the action, a lot of great action here, and a lot of practical action here. There's obviously CG yeah. in this movie, but there's a lot of practical cars just being flung around the screen, and Justin mm. Lin coming back, he, he he certainly you know wants to prove himself here. Like he's he's not holding back as far as the kind of stuff they could do after seeing James Wan and F. Gary Gray and all of this. So like yes, this movie, Abe, you're like I'm not far away from you. I just like this movie a little bit more. But as far as yeah. like what it's delivering, it's delivering the things that I want to get out of a fast movie, and it's doing it in a way that I like. Honestly, I liked more than the than this and Hobbs and Shaw for that matter. So in that regard, cool. The family's back, and we're seeing them all on screen. I like this cast in general. The ridiculousness is there, but I appreciate the kind of ridiculousness that it's throwing at me. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I, I dug what this movie's throwing down. I, I have a quick question for both of you that is going to relate to a bigger point that I want to make. But do, what is your both of your favorite film franchise? Favorite film franchise? That's a good question. I, I haven't thought about it much. I remember when it used to be Star Wars. Um, what's that, what is my <laughs> well, no, that, that actually, the way that you say that, I think, might make the point for me. So, mm-hmm. Fast and Furious obviously means so much to us that we have like a podcast about it, whatever. And mm-hmm. we did a full two hour, two plus hour spoiler filled episode about this. That's out now wherever you get podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we also in that had like an hour of people emailing in mailbag questions or you know thoughts and reactions and whatever. And right. And the overwhelming sense from our listeners who also like this franchise enough to listen to a podcast about it, right? Like it's just like that kind of devotion. But it felt like not only do they love the movie. But there was like a sense of relief because I think that when you have an ongoing franchise like a Fast and Furious or a Star Wars, like there's something in the back of your mind where it's like this. If this is bad, this could make me like everything that came before it a little bit less, sort of. And I think that like even if you don't love this movie the way that you loved earlier ones of the franchise, I don't think you can as a fan of the franchise look at this one and be like, that's not a good movie. Because I think like it just does things well. And I think that there's just a sense of relief that like if you're a huge Star Wars person, you're like, oh, like this one, I don't like this one. And like it makes you start thinking like, well, did I like the other ones too? Like it's just like kind of like sort of like weird retrofitting. Like we didn't really like Fate, but then when when Charlize was going to be in this movie, we're like, oh, well maybe we're going to like Fate better because like it'll do more with our character. And like this kind of didn't, but also – Maybe a future movie. You know, who knows, right? So, yeah, I don't know. it's weird that you – like the way that, that that works out too is kind of like what I was mentioning is if you think too much about it and you're not really on board with it, then you start fighting with yourself as to say, was was I wrong about the other ones? Like, And you're probably exactly. not. Like you as a viewer are probably not. You do like the Star Wars franchise. You do like the Star Trek series. You do like whatever franchise you're talking about. There are just some that are better than others. And so, like, with that being said, like, your enjoyment of it has to really come from a place of you kind of have to give it a rest. Like, I, I think that, you know, the Transformers series is not very good at all. And, but I think that just objectively they're not. But, hey, man, peace be with you if you love all of them. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, if you believe that robots helped King Arthur out, great. <laughs> but that's like, I'm not hearing evidence final... that they didn't. <laughs> this is true yeah there's no there's no contradictory evidence that they're yeah. that show me they true. weren't there and i'll go along with your crazy idea <laughs> <laughs> there was oil found in london yeah so um yeah, but i think that for for this one it's exactly what you're saying like i i there's so many things like 
all I can't actually say things about this movie that don't sound like nitpicks. Aaron mentioned like great flashback sequences. There are so many flashback sequences. I said there are yeah, many. Oh, flashback, <laughs> I'm not gonna classic, call them great. <laughs> classically filmed flashback sequences, but they're actually two versions of young Dom, two versions of young Jacob, and two versions of their dad, which is hilarious because I was like, is that supposed to be their dad? Because one of them is way buffer than the other one. <laughs> and, so, and like I'm just watching this, and I was like, wait, when did when did Jacob grow to be tall and be like? Huge, like seeing seeing uh, John Cena against Vin Diesel on the screen. Yeah, I'm sure he's got like growth spurts going teenager. on. He's a teenager. He's doing grow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's just like there's just so many things. I'm like, you know, I can nitpick this to death, and that's kind of how I feel about the movie. But yes, there are fun things. Like I will say honestly, like the world that we've been given that has been created here. Aaron, we've been on a roll now for like three weeks now talking about movies with no real bad guy. That are just like movies where it's like, no, it's all about family fun and whatever else. Like maybe not so much fun, but you know, there are just a plethora of characters that we go to. I love the little pop-up from, uh, from, uh, um, Who's the queen herself? Helen Mirren. <laughs> Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. I was like, this is a fun little segment oh, that we're going movie on. Is, this movie has more cameos than a Muppet movie. Like, there are so many, like, people <laughs> yeah. throughout this film that are from the... I like the, the fact that there's just a big enough universe for you to constantly, like, supply characters that are right. from previous films. Like, especially, like, the Tokyo Drift cast, which I love that they just became, like, like science rocket geeks. Like, that's they, their, they that was their journey. They all out together just in, on an airfield. <laughs> That's they grew up to be great. They I, to be I also love that rocks. Justin Lin is like, you know what? I might make a crossover between this and Better Luck Tomorrow. And it's like, fantastic. Because Virgil and Sun Kang are cousins in that movie. <laughs> but with all that being said, that the, there's just like a lot going on here. And, you know, J- Joey, to your point, how you feel about a franchise really will, will make you view it differently. And so that's why, like, I can't really be super hard on this because I know that objectively it's probably not the best movie. The script is not very good. Like, the plot points are very incoherent at times. Um, like the action sort of leads up to something else that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, the physics of it don't work. The science of it doesn't make any sense. However, it is what it is. I'll say this about the you, you want to mention physics and the thing that the thing that I understand I had to throw that out in, in F six. The thing that I the, it's not about throwing it out. It's the movie's consistent to itself. That's what yes. matters. It yeah. doesn't break its own the movie's own rules. Like the logic that's applied to the throughout the series still applies to the series. It mm-hmm. reality doesn't matter because then you can apply that to any movie where reality doesn't matter. But as far as these films go, the physics within the fast universe has never betrayed itself. So it would seem, and that's as much as that matters to me, which it really doesn't. Like that's kind of how I keep <laughs> running along with, with what to say about it. Let's get to more things. What, what, yeah, what else is going I, on? I actually want to ask you guys a question here. You know, Aaron, we talked about Leon and how his lack of presence in the in the field. There's no young Leon either. I noticed so, that what, this time also. Yeah. I watched it again. <laughs> I Are also no just... young Leon, really? Yeah, they have no. they have young Jesse, Jesse. They have young Vince. They have young Jesse. They have young Letty and like young Mia. They have all yeah. the. They have everyone but Leon. So now I really am wondering if they just like had some beef yeah, with Johnny, Johnny Strong. Yeah, what happened to Johnny Strong and, and Diesel? <laughs> yeah, that's um, weird. But I think that Leon was like. I mean, they kind of like hinted at the first one that like Leon showed up much later. So. Maybe mm. it's kind of like that Perhaps. situation that he just wasn't there yet. It's just funny that they they could have made the choice to have him and they chose yeah, not they to. <laughs> like chose there's not to. there's there's <laughs> yeah. very little story to indicate that this is a necessity that we don't have this guy in the movie and they chose not yeah. to do it. Uh, I can't. This that's gonna be the best spinoff, the Leon Chronicles, <laughs> the Leon series. Um, well, <laughs> I, have, I do have a question for what you guys. In terms yeah. of like yeah. where this goes is, you know, this is basically this movie has sort of exemplified that this movie can 
this franchise can do whatever it wants. So is there an end to this? Like, do, Joe, you mentioned like 10, 11, and maybe even additional spinoffs. Does this at some point just be like, okay, we're just going to go straight to video. I feel like they have an end. I feel like, the, I think that like part of the press this time was Justin Lin saying he's kind of like building to the end and Vin saying that like, we're going to wrap it up. Like maybe not like spinoffs and stuff like those will always continue. Like it's going to, the Fast and Furious franchise is going to go on forever, right? Like they're always going to make new things. We have four seasons of Spy Racers that came out in the past year and a half. So they're always going to have stuff to make. But I think that they're really working towards an end of this core main franchise. And I think that they can get there. They're certainly positioning Charlie Theron as like the Thanos of the Fast Universe. Like it's, it seems like she's. Well, Joe has, I... a, Joe has a bigger different theory, which I don't know if we want to say if we want to keep it largely spoiler free. But it does seem like that is what's happening. But there's also like maybe something even more nefarious at play. Mm. But also, like, we thought... Hobbs and which... Shaw does hint at that as well. So I, I... I mean, like, yeah. uh, that's an interesting thing. I, I'm going to have to ask you guys, like, off mic about that. Um, sure. But, yeah, I, I guess you guys have answered it. So if they are, if the directors and the people involved have said, like, this does end, fantastic. Because, you know, like, as much as I like watching these movies and as much as I like watching them with the audience members, at some point I, I do have to say, like, where does this go? Like, you know, like, yeah. I, I don't... Like, I actually gonna... like the way that they sort of... And they they also respectfully keep Brian in this movie, um, but you know that character they're just like no he chose a different pathway he chose a different life. Right. Yeah. Well, that's and like, that's that's the end. Let's let's move back. Let's move back before we yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, what's next. Course. Let's get to let's talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I, I've mentioned I mentioned a lot about John Cena, but what, what did you guys think of of adding like this kind of retconned in family member to everything to make everything more difficult for Dom? We talked about it like sort of uh, in the earlier part of the show, but. Now it makes me think about where he's been and what scenes he's actually in in all the previous ones. I was like, mm, that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. But yes, I, I don't have a real problem with it because, as you mentioned, Aaron, there's all of a sudden Vin Diesel's character, Dom, has a son. Um, and uh, I, I it, it is what it is. It actually adds a little bit more fun to it. But again, it, we're, we're past anything that is like a grounded storyline so to say and we're definitely in soap opera territory so if whatever it, i don't know whoever again leon decides to show back up or jesse for that matter jesse dies it's just like <laughs> I, i'm still alive i've been hi- hanging out in you know portugal it's like that would make a lot of sense so yeah joe joe joey you you mentioned how you're more into it because of the character beats and what have you than the action what, what did you yeah. think of, of how the story kind of circled around ideas to make new things possible for the family yeah, so if we go back to eight for a second, right? Because like, I know you're like, hey, we're talking about the end of the movie. Well, I'm going to talk about it before this even movie, before it even begins. So we're, I'm, not, I'm still not talking about the actual movie you want me to talk about, but I'm going to get there. Um, and like Fate, like, I feel like Fate betrayed a lot of people because it's like, well, Dom would never go against the family. Well, it's like, why would he go against the family? It's for other family, for more family, whatever, right? But like that movie feels like it hits a sour note because it doesn't feel genuine. This feels better i think i also don't think that they really explain a lot about jacob's backstory like they kind of like a sentence or two of like how he fits in but it's it's kind of enough but it's also just like the thing that you kind of think might happen kind of happens too it's just i i wish that we had more of him like more like the i don't know like the flashbacks out though they're leaving hey. the out to give us more of him next yes. time. Yes. And what I do think works really incredibly well is the flashback stuff. 
Like, I think the 20 minutes or 25 minutes or whatever we spend in 1989, which I, we said in our podcast should be 1999 because the ages are all wildly off if you think about <laughs> compared to the first movie and whatever. I think all of that works really, really well, whether you're a fan of the franchise or this is your first one. I think there's just something really nicely done. I think that Justin Lin has a few very, very smooth, nice, effective transitions yeah. between modern day and back then, so much so that like it's even more jarring in the action scenes, like the final sequence, the final major set piece where they're cutting between two different things, and like it doesn't work in a way mm-hmm. and it's like i don't want to be in this other place like there's one thing that's like exciting things are happening but like you compare that to like going back and forth between like the two different timelines and it's like oh no this works extremely well and i think all those character beats in the background and everything like i think the actors are doing a good job and i think that they answered the questions that they posed 20 years ago in the first movie when dom is explaining to brian like what happened right so right. i think that all works well I think what helps is that I I like the guy they got to play young Dom. Like that, mm-hmm. Vin Diesel's a pretty specific kind of person. So the idea that they mm-hmm. can, they can find someone this guy it's played uh, Vinny Bennett, good on him for like channeling what he needed to to like get across the idea that yeah this looks like yeah this, I can believe this guy is Dom. Like I liked that and I I agree with you as far as I think there's maybe one flash one or two flashbacks too many, but I. I did enjoy what they were trying to dish out with this, especially again, because it's practical. It's not, you know, CG young diesel and stuff. I, I, right. I appreciated that they did like, okay, good. <laughs> we did the old, we did the, the, the way they used to do it. Um, but with that stuff, it felt like the, you, you mentioned like the movie answers the kind of questions it poses. I agree with you compared to eight, where I feel like I, I feel the problem with that movie, having rewatched all of these two, just to like be ready for this, <laughs> getting, getting us to accept Diesel as going against his family for other family. I, I feel like he wasn't even comfortable with that to the extent where he kind of like put kid gloves on that idea, despite the dark lengths that it went to. So the film never really feels all that together with this concept where this film feels like it really understands what it wants to do. And I think that this is also the benefit. And I think both seven and eight, and I don't know if you caught it, or if you feel the same way about seven, but like in spite of what the filmmakers and the directors and the writers and everybody say, like, Paul Walker dies while they're making seven and they're like, Oh no, we told the story we wanted to tell. Like we didn't have to change a thing. It's like, bullshit, you didn't like you had to change things. Mm -hmm. So like, I think whether they have a germ of an idea for eight, like whether the whole baby thing was meant to always be in there, but maybe it's gonna be Brian and Mia somehow. And they are like, well, we have this idea. Like let's just have it be Dom or whatever. Right. Just like, it doesn't quite work, Mm -hmm. but I feel there's been enough time that has elapsed since that happened that they're now, especially with the end, the finish line in sight with like two more movies after this in the main franchise, they can kind of like, instead of just like going wider and wider, they can be like, okay, how do we narrow in on like a cohesive ending that'll be narratively satisfying over this span of like, you know, 25 years of the franchise or whatever. Yeah. And it, so when it comes to this story, and I like seven quite a bit, uh, I do think it pulls off well, a special achievement award could have been awarded to James Wan for making that still work despite everything mm-hmm. that's happening. But right. with this one, and again, this is a movie that I don't put high in the ranking for, it's like in the lower five for me for that, for the fast saga, but I still like it quite. It's a, it's like the high end of that lower five, but regardless, <laughs> yeah, right. what I think it, cause I, where I think it lacks in story, which mainly comes down to, Abe, you mentioned this, like the villains have like, not, no, there's no like, there's no like cohesive plot to what they're trying to accomplish beyond we have everything we need including money power and people to work for us 
but we need more, I guess. I, I no, don't... literally, they have everything. <laughs> like, yeah, there's like, the guy that's like he my says dad it multiple times. Like, I no money's yeah. no object. I have everything you need. <laughs> like, there's there's there's, <laughs> right. there's nowhere I could go that would be higher than where I am now. Anyway, <laughs> I also need this thing to go higher than where I am now. Like, it's like it's, it just doesn't. I don't understand. But regardless, um, <laughs> when it comes to the you know the germs of ideas for how to make something like this work on the grander scheme of things involving Dom and the family. Yeah, I do think it gets that idea across well, and I think that's the benefit of something like this. Even though the portrayal of that from an emotional perspective, when it comes to the adult versions of these guys, it's just not it's not it's not doing it for me as far as like how serious can I take this because they want to play it very serious where the movie around them that, that, yeah it's not kind of like the it's not the same too. speed. <laughs> it does feel totally uneven at times because you mentioned Roman and uh, uh, yeah Tej and they're they're actually like comic relief in this movie and then they cut back to Dom and you know everybody else like this is a weird thing to feel because I I feel as though Vin Diesel's like no 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 Dom, Dom's a serious guy and then everybody else is like yeah but this movie is like full of fun and flash and uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about how we we never really die and we might be superheroes we 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 literally might be superheroes yep. with superhuman abilities. Abe, you mentioned this on like, the you mentioned this on the commentary. Like Diesel did used to be more fun in, in the in the yeah, Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, he used to have like more flash and fun, and and now he's like, what'd very, you put like, in that sandwich? You know, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> and then now he's like, put Lil B in the bunker. Um, but there's just like a lot of um, <laughs> strange tonal unevenness, which you know it, it doesn't really take away, but it also just feels as though. There, I mean, the example that I can point to that you guys would all get to is, like, there's a point where, like, Vin Diesel decides to, like, kill a bunch of people. <laughs> and I'm like, this feels like a different movie altogether. By the way, like, presumably, because I just watched this, I was thinking about this. Presumably, after he kills all these people, they're still, like, in the hangout where they were, where, where yes! all this happened. So like, the so, like, so, like, while Vin Diesel and Letty and everybody are planning their next mission, there's presumably just, like, a stack of 50 bodies in the next room. Yeah, over like, all the blood splatter and all the dead bodies. <laughs> But no, there, there, there's like a weird tonal unevenness to the movie, and you know, I, I, again, it is what it is. You just roll with it. Let me, so let, let me go back to Joe because Joe, you're saying you're putting, you're, as you've seen it once so far, you're, you're putting it fairly high in this. Where, 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 where do like, where do the, the highlights for you that are making this like, es- you know, escalate so high as far as the fast side goes? I really, really like the character development that we get here. I do like that that they did do like flashbacks and give us perspective because we you know we always have these questions as fans and as we're rewatching them you know like what actually happened to dom's dad how did this play out things like that so for it to answer stuff like that and the other thing like one of the things we were really nervous about is sometimes that they like to add a lot of characters to these movies and expand them and there's like in seven and eight we kind of feel like they're they're starting to reach the peak of the family like to the point where I'm like, you're going to need to kill some people off at some point. Like, there's just too many people here. But the idea of them bringing back characters that we like from Tokyo Drift doesn't feel like they're expanding the family because they still exist as, like, their own kind of bubble. You know, like, even to the point where in the movie they're like, who's who's Dom Toretto? You know, like, they don't know. Like, it's separate from that. So the addition of cameos as opposed to adding a ton of new core family members feels like the right way that they did this. Like having Helen Mirren come in, but just for a scene, because we like Helen Mirren. I want her to be in all these movies. It's cool to see her. It doesn't really matter to the plot of the movie, but like, yeah, still like as a fan, you're like, if you have Helen Mirren and you had her in the last ones, like add her back. Like we're never going to say no to that. So 
yes, I, Joey said it earlier. There's a lot of like relief in this that there's things that I was worried about them doing that they didn't do that. I'm like, okay, that's, that's why it feels so good to me. These are the, the action sequences are good. They're fun. And I think that you were saying that there's like a bad guy. They just need a bad guy thing. I always have a problem with eight because I really don't know what Cypher is trying to do there. Like she, like I never know what her end game is mm-hmm. in that movie. It, it doesn't feel, at I, least in I, this I'd point, argue this applies to six through nine where all of them just want a thing that'll give them power to do something else. Yes. Like it, mm-hmm. Luke, 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 uh, Luke Evans as a thing. Uh, Jaimon Hansu wants a thing for some reason. Cypher wants a thing. Like they all just want some random MacGuffin that yes. ultimately, what does that mean when you seem to have everything you want already? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But making it like a tangible physical object was just easier to follow uh-huh. in, like story wise. Okay. Yeah. Like where I see what you're saying. Yeah. When they're saying it's like more of like a concept or like even like God's eye, right? Like it's just like an idea or something in the cloud, like for them to have like this, this fucking orb, <laughs> to be like, that's what we're trying to get. An orb like, powered again. by biometrics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, at least that, you're like, okay, like, they're following this thing, right? Like, that's what they're trying to get. Yeah. So, yeah, it worked. And for us waiting for so long, I was like, oh, man, they could have taken so many different directions. But the, oh, the other idea of them acknowledging that Brian still exists in this universe, but not having to, like, forcefully put him throughout the movie was nice like for them to just be like yeah brian's still here like he didn't leave the the fastiverse he just is doing I, something else now I, i'm glad we like, didn't have like i'm glad we didn't have scenes of like jordana brewster being like on the phone like yeah i was just talking to brian uh he's fine Same. kids are kids kids are having peanut butter sandwiches We're good. <laughs> like, thanks brian yeah, like goodbye love line, you. <laughs> like one line is all we needed we don't need to keep reminding everyone that he's not there right. that works so yeah, it's it's a culmination of all of those relief factors. So it sounds like I think you, place it. it sounds like a lot of this comes from the fact that just eight was going in a direction you weren't fond of, where this one seems to be moving things back in a, in a yes in a way you're you're more responsive to. I agree, and and like we were saying that you can see the narrow trajectory that they're getting to an end. Mm-hmm. Like I can I can kind of make logical jumps of like where this might go, and that is comforting too. Mm. Let's talk about the other big thing that happened, uh, Justice for Han, uh, to some extent at least, because the return of Sung Kang is obviously a big factor of the marketing, therefore not much of a spoiler. Although I agree with you, it would have been something to be like, oh, this happens great. That's wonderful to see for the first time in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, what did you guys think of the kind of explanation and the presence of the of, of Han, Han Solo uh, back in this well, uh, franchise? <laughs> I mean, I would disagree. I don't think we got Justice for Han. We were, we were sort of joking mm-hmm. about this because like, the tagline for this movie is Justice is coming, and like Justice yeah. is still coming. Like There's no... We didn't get justice. He's just not dead. So like, <laughs> is that justice? I don't know that that's justice. And I'm not really sure like what his pivotal plot role is, aside from like what they're trying to accomplish in this movie by itself. I also wasn't really sure about how that ending works out with like um, with a uh, Russell uh, Kurt Russell. And I was like, hmm, I don't know. Well, there's I, I don't there's know loose there's is. loose ends. That's for sure. Yeah, but I, I think that there's just a, an overall sense of like it's cool that Han is back, but why? And you know. Things that I, I well, guess are unexplainable. So Justin Lin said that he's back because after he left the franchise, they like fucked with the character too much, and he's like, "Oh, this is Last Jedi better. and also uh, Rise of Skywalker." Got it. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, Th- yes, fuck I guess. Fuck which so. character though, because he died in six. <laughs> well, I think, I think, th- I think it was more so with Shaw. Spoilers for previous movies that like Statham kills him in the credits in six. Statham mm-hmm. is against Dom in seven. By the end of eight, he's part of the family. And so yeah. I think it's not that because you're right, Justin Lin in his movie, the character dies, mm-hmm. but it's like the guy who killed him is now like a friend of yours. You call on for favors. Like that doesn't feel right. Yeah, so no, like, I, I could, I, we all agree with that. That's what, that's what justice Rahan yeah. is. That's the whole point. Yes, of it. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it, it's kind of dumb that he just crawled out. Cause like, we have like all these like wild narratives of like how he survived. Like, could he be robotic? Could it be this? Could it be that? Whatever. Could it be but a just twin? Like, it's, it's the simplest <laughs> thing. He just like, he just wasn't in the car when it exploded. Right. Like it just, he yeah. just got out and there's more to it that I won't spoil now, whatever. Right. But like, right. it's just like, Oh no, he just, wasn't in the car. And so when six rewrote the end of three, it's like, Oh, but that's kind of a cool thing. Okay. I'm, I'm here. I can see what's going. And then like this rewrites it again. It's just like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't care. It's fine. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I, I think the reason he's back is because he's cheaper than Gal Gadot. Um, I think that's, they're not, they're not going to get her back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't, they definitively I, said that she's gone in this movie. <laughs> I well we don't know you never know. There's plenty of room for her to arrive back in this franchise. She shows up as a uh, as a curator of a museum in London. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. Uh, yeah. Wearing a very fancy dress to get dust everywhere. Yeah, to to go to work. <laughs> to normal uh, Vin, Vin Diesel's shirt stayed pretty clean throughout. My lovely girlfriend pointed this out as well. His shirt stayed pretty white <laughs> throughout this whole Yeah, movie. there's there's a lot of absurdities in this movie, and I I will say that with no hesitation in my voice, there's a lot of absurdities. Let me just show up to the jungles of Mexico that are being, or I don't know where they are, the jungles of whatever country. It's in Mexico. In Mexico with a white T-shirt on and jeans with a <laughs> shotgun, and everybody else just has, like, small arms fire against a, a paramilitary. I, I will, I'll say this right now. I just rewatched the Indiana Jones trilogy on – or mm-hmm. quadrilogy, Jesus, on 4K – uh, which looks great, by the way. It's great 4K. Yeah. Um, this jungle chase in this movie is leagues better than the jungle chase in Crystal of the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. Uh, mainly because it's largely practical. Once again, like there's so much stuff happening, and it all registers. There's cars being blown up constantly. There's jumps being ha- like all these things are taking place. I, you know, whatever plot reason they're there, fine. But in terms of like you know, a really exciting opening action sequence for this film. I thought this was pretty fantastic. Like it did, it has a lot of moving parts. Obviously there's a bunch of different characters. It concludes with not just John Cena getting magnet lifted out of the scenario, <laughs> but that Dom and Letty Tarzan swinging their way across a giant gap right. between mountains in a car, in a car, in a car. Of course, yeah. there's cars are the solution to everything in this entire franchise, which is still one pretty much. Yeah. Um, but like all of that stuff, I just I ate it up. Like I, even even uh, Roman has like a great couple action beats throughout the the jungle. He does, sequence. yeah. And questionable about how he survives them, and then he questions it himself, and you're just like, I guess I have to go with it. Let's put a because pin in that. I first because I was let's, like, let's, let's let's put a pin in that part of the script because there's a lot yeah, of the, okay. that running thread that I actually really enjoy. But yeah. the, the, as far as this like this action stuff goes, at the beginning I thought it was pretty terrific. I and. <laughs> As far as like varying the locations in these movies and doing the globe trotting thing, this movie this movie gets a workout. As far as like going different places, yes. I enjoyed that. Joey, Joe, did you have any thoughts on the kind of like the, the action side of this movie? I know you guys are big on the character stuff, but I think so. What I really appreciate, and we talked about it on our on our long 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 episode, was that the magnet car 
it's it's in the trailer, right? You see a magnet car in the trailer, mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't know how exactly this works. This looks crazy. But it also seems like the kind of thing that's like a one-off. And then to see them, how they implement it in this movie, and it feels, I guess, somewhat realistic, but also just <laughs> done really well. Like, it just, it's, it, it's implemented better in a bigger, different way than I was expecting it to. And I was really satisfied with how that all played out. This could have been like a really stupid single beat that they just like had a magnet at one point and it just happens. And even though we see you, you like mentioned it, the Jacob gets like magneted into the plane or yeah. drone, whatever. And we we saw that there was going to be a magnet car in the thing. But like how that they were using it was interesting and new. And even though we had seen it in the trailer, I was still impressed by the through line of it and how it played into the film and just like the little comical beats that they did with it too to keep it as like a big action set piece but then they also use the magnets in you know many little joke parts of the movie that you're like oh yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that that works on both ends and that thoughtfulness overall made it much better for me yeah and and as the downer uh, guy in this episode <laughs> collateral damage there so are much, so always. many things that I was like, these people should all be dead right now because some guy's shooting like a 50, mil, 50 caliber like machine gun <laughs> at them. And they're just like driving on the on the streets. With all that being said, I was surprised by how many times that they used the magnets, which is not just like what you're saying, Joe, like a, a one-time gimmick. If they want to show people dying, they'd show people dying. They as, will. Far, as far yeah. as I know, everyone was alive. Everyone's it's, everyone's safe. Yeah. Every car that was parked on the road that got crashed into by Ramsey when she's driving the they truck all around, have all empty insurance. cars. All, all, they, they all have the best insurance, and they're all empty cars. So right, it's yeah. Okay. It felt like this time there was a lot more use of parked cars, right? Like, a lot of times we see, like, these, like, races through the streets, and they hit, like, a lot of people that are, like, actually moving. And I was, like, cognizant when I was watching it this time that, like, a lot of the magnet stuff involved cars that were parked with, yeah. like, no one around, yeah. right? Like, they're like, okay, look, we know we kill a lot of people, pedestrians, all the time. But, like, this time they're specifically parked cars. It puts so. them into the hero good news mode is that they didn't all say, like, hey, let's go to the abandoned airfield to go fight these guys. <laughs> it's the, I will say, it's not like the series doesn't try to, like, address these things. Like, I remember, like, Fast Five opens when they flip that giant prison bus, and the newscaster specifically says, miraculously, Everyone's everyone okay. survived. Or, yeah. <laughs> or even in Fast Six, like, the whole point of them in that tank chase the whole thing they say is we got to stop this tank because it's going to hurt people like they make a conscious effort to acknowledge right. the fact that we got to get these things away from the streets like they are away from the civilian population and with that and with that mind i do like that they also have to be like well we had fucking zombie cars in eight that were all over the place how do we like continue the amount of vehicular destruction going on <laughs> as well as like it'd be like ensure some kind of level of safety so right. they have to like counterbalance these things it's uh takes a creative mind to come up with like yeah it has to be hard right to do like yeah. you know for the ninth tenth movie to like continue to find ways to make unique car-based action sequences that feel different yeah. from the last time around right well i got a question actually just on the character front real quick are it did owen shaw get leon or what so owen shaw got leon from a movie that has his last name in it yeah. like i don't understand <laughs> like that so that was one thing that also that felt kind of weird about this movie like i understand that like hobbs and shaw's his own thing and like mm-hmm. i don't see any version of the world where they don't come back in a big way in one of the final two movies because like ego i still think it's like a a wrestling front that it's all manufactured drama that vin right. and the rock never actually had a fight that they just think that they uh, you think, you think they're they, the long con in all this yes, yeah exactly and they can split that they're it. like 
Yes. Yeah. And then like, oh my God, can you believe they're back? It's like, yeah, of course, because they were never going to not come back, right? <laughs> um, but that said, it's weird to not have Owen and Hobbs and Shaw. It's weird to not have Owen or Deckard or Hattie in this movie because like Helen Mirren's here and she's like, hey, you looking for my sons? And Dom mm-hmm. says no. And she's right. like, okay, good, because they're not in this movie anyway, basically, right? <laughs> like, I, It just feels like there's such like, – there's so many Shaws and they've been a major part of six, seven, eight, and Hobbs and Shaw, the last four of these movies. And for Helen Mirren to have one scene here where it's just like, oh, yeah, Jacob's in town, like – that's the extent of the Shaw importance in this I movie. Mean, just like at that point, you're asking like big questions though that amount to the same thing as like why is an Iron Man helping Spider-Man right now? Like or, like it's mm-hmm. just like it's the same kind of logic. It's like because they're on their own adventure. Like that's just what it comes down. I, I and and realistically, it's because we can't pay all these actors to be in this thing and we can't narratively make it make sense. Like I I hear what you're saying. If like in this like utopian world where we can make all of our franchises incorporate every single character as conveniently as possible, sure. I'd love to be able to be like, oh, yeah, there's Luke Evans hanging out up there reading a book about Gaston for some reason or something. Like, that's yeah. great. Like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the, in the, and if, I mean, if, if it, you know, if it brings down your thoughts on the film, that's, that's you. I get that. That's, that's completely fine. I accept that. It's just like, I can, I can understand, like, them not trying to jam, even in a movie where I've already well, acknowledged I that mean, they it, cameo not, every not single so actor. But I, not I, even so much like that they're gonna be, show up at one point, more just like, where is why is, Luke there no refer- why is there no reference to them? Yeah, like did did they just like, that bothered hey, me oh, in Hobbs and Shaw? The hospital? That bothered me in Hobbs and Shaw specifically because yeah. like we saw Rock's like mailman's uncle, but we can't see one other Shaw brother. Like it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like I don't understand. Or we're leaving out the right. key, the the other key Shaw character that's well known. Like that bothered me in that. Because he's a great villain. That bothered <laughs> me. In, that bothered me in that movie. This movie, yeah. it's like. This is pretty jammed, all right? Like, I don't know what else we'd be doing. Yeah, and again, not, not so much, like, in this movie, but just in the universe itself. I'm just like, oh, I wish that I, there's more Luke Evans, because it'd be nice to, like, see him again, because he's not dead. But, no, you know. Because like, there's even like a the point in this song. movie, there's a point in this movie where they're like, there's no one else out there to help us. It's like, yeah, there are. There's there's Hobbs, and there's Shaw, and there's the other Shaw, and, like, you <laughs> call them in to, like, help you on the plane get the baby back in the last movie. Like, you can call them again, and then, like, Dom is like... We got to do this one on our own. It's like, no, you have other people. You have Rico and Tego. You you have other people, or Leo and Santos now officially. Like, you have other people in the world who you have called in for help before. I get that you want to do it on your own. Like, it works. It's fine. But it's like, don't say that you don't know other people because, like, we have other people. Like, they're 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 in the wings if you have the space for them in the screenplay. I feel like mm-hmm. Vin Diesel probably has an answer to that question, and it probably revolves around we didn't want any of our family to get hurt. We wanted to, we, we are the ones that are here. We're the ones doing this mission. I'm not saying sure. that's a good reason, but I feel like that'd yeah. probably be his, you know, succinct way of of wrapping up why we're only involving so many of us, even though this universe is bigger and broader than – any people sure. realize. Also, why yeah. isn't Leon or Leo in this one? Like, we only get Don Omar, but we don't get the they other. They couldn't guy. afford the other. Yeah, they <laughs> don't know. They couldn't split the check. I was like, I guess Don Omar's not really making music right now, so I guess maybe he's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll show up to make Corn on the Cob. It was funny, though. They even address it, though. Like, that, yeah. that was like, yeah. these, <laughs> like, little yeah. things. These little things on top of the, like, yeah, we're invincible and stuff like that. The addressing with the audience has questions live in the movie right. worked really well for me, too. Because, like, you know you're going to ask, like, why did you just get Santos and not Leo? And they're like, no, look, Leo has a food truck. We'll be okay. It's terrible, Don't but the hipsters it. like it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like how everything is answered. So, you know, I also just uh, am also just curious as to, like, yeah, where, uh, this goes back to my first question. I'm just like, where does this go? Where How does this end? Because... 
perceivably it could just keep going forever. So, Abe, yeah. to go back to yes. your question that you pose now as far as, or at least the, 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 the subject of this other running plot thread about Tyrese trying to acknowledge the fact that he thinks that he may be invincible given all the scrapes that these guys get mm-hmm. into and all the lack of damage that they seem to sustain from it. I thought this was, I, I'm not going to say the writing was like spectacular in these moments, but I was far more, this was the most intriguing thing the script had to offer to me. As one that's not looking, you know, too deeply into sure. the stuff that's taking place here, because really there's not a lot of like social commentary <laughs> or anything to go on to like, go off of um, beyond like familial bonds or what have you. I like that they tried to address this in some manner that was, you know, humorous, obviously that was the intention, but I like that there's yeah. this weird philosophical side <laughs> to all the mayhem going on. It's like, what is this mean? But what, what about, where, what did you guys think? Where, where, where were you with like this? Kind I of also liked it. I actually did enjoy it because it was, it wasn't just a one go around. Uh-huh. It is continuous throughout the movie as well, just like the use of magnets. Um, and I think that there was just a, like a fun tongue in cheekness to it. Even though it doesn't really make any sense, at least you're trying to tell me that, you know, we've seen, we've all seen The Rock. You know, if you're in a position of higher power, you're going to kill everybody that's on the, on the ground below you. <laughs> uh, so with all that being said, I just, I'm just like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense to me. However, it's fun that you acknowledge this because that kind of gives me more just like, you see, no, he explained it. They are invincible. This is why they actually don't need spacesuits. They're not going to freeze in space. They can breathe. Uh, in in they say lower orbit. That is not really lower orbit. I've seen <laughs> the Red Bull guy jump from lower orbit, and he turned out okay. They are definitely in space. See, that's the thing so, too. Like I felt well, we're going to talk about space in a second, also now, guys. But um, yeah. <laughs> that's the, like the thing there was like I assumed that this movie wouldn't be the one that goes to space, but they mentioned low orbit. It's like oh, low orbit, okay. So there'll be like cusping, and then the next one they go to space. That's been my assumption yeah. since Fast Five <laughs> that they go to space in the tenth movie. That just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Fast X. I'm telling you right. If, it, if they actually call it Fast X, by the way, I should win something. I've been saying that. I've been, I've been saying that for over a decade. They should call it Fast X, and we'll see what happens. But well, there's right. the whole push for fast ten your seatbelts, right? Yeah, so but like, that's that dumb. could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care how funny that sounds as a pun. Vin Diesel's not gonna be like, we're calling it Fast Ten Your Seatbelts. Fuck you. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> but it's um, led to that though. But yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, you're not wrong, Abe. It's like, yeah, they, they go directly into space. Like, it's not this, some, like, oh, we're hovering just above ground type of thing. Right. Or, but yeah. Regardless. But yeah, the, where were you guys the, on the Joes, on yeah. The where were you guys with the. I was, I was nervous it. we were going to get that. I was, I thought that it was going to be too tongue in cheek at the fans because we've been saying they're going to go to space. You guys have been saying that. We've been saying that. Like, that's ultimately where we need to go, right? Like, it, it's all all roads lead home here to space and i was afraid that it was going to be just like a tongue-in-cheek thing that they're just like okay guys look like we just like went up in the air a little bit like there's your space haha and like the 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 movie's kind of Uh laughing at the audience but no this they they incorporated it well into the story that like you know this is what we need to do there's a reason why we're going into space bringing back the tokyo drift guys and then having the full scene and letting it be roman and tej be like comedic relief in that action sequence felt better than than what it could have been in my head i was really scared that this was going to be something that was really corny like the magnets but Mm -hmm. i was like with what they had and what we knew they were going to space and because we wanted it this was good i liked it yeah i let to so like to take that to like specifically to the space conference like i do think that it was we're talking with this whole invincible aspect it does tie to the space thing as far as this kind of faith versus science thing, right? Like, that's kind of what they led to with all of this. And, yeah, I 
I accepted it well. I, I thought, okay, sure. we're going to do this. We're going to go to the final frontier for Fast and Furious. If there's a way to do that, I think the tone that they approached it with and how, mu- how much the time they spent with it, I think, ultimately worked out as well as it could for a film franchise such as this. And uh, that's that's good enough for me, I guess, when it comes to space involved with the Fast and Furious franchise. Well, and the other thing that's nice about it is that without spoiling what actually happens in space, like, they don't leave it in a way where it's like, well, we have to definitely go back there, right? Like, if they yeah. never go back yeah. to space, that's also okay, uh-huh. right? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. we did the thing, we went to space, you all wanted us to go to space, we did it respectfully, we did it somewhat realistically, but it's not like... All right, we set up the moon colony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now to Saturn to drive on the rings. Like, right. That's not exactly. how rings work, Dom. I don't care. Um, <laughs> what else? We, so we haven't talked about. Uh, there's, you know, this, this is a multicultural franchise, as well as a multi-gendered franchise. There are multiple women in this series. We have uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, and uh, Natalie Emanuel. Uh, do you think they all were able to? Do you think this movie was? well dispersed as far as the use of the various cast members a lot of them get their own action beats and what have you yeah they've all become like freaking like black belt jiu-jitsu and taekwondo experts as well (laughs) which is super fascinating like they all kick a lot of ass and i've heard here tell that maybe like some of it will be like um i don't know about a spinoff but i think those can be like one of those really focus more on the female characters in this franchise so yeah i'm excited to see where it goes we thought like two years ago they had greenlit what we're calling the Letty Led sequel because in the – you mentioned in the like ever-growing universe of the Fast and Furious, you said like probably multiple video games. Like there are like eight or nine video games. Hmm. Like there are so many Fast and Furious video games. The most recent one that came out I think – is that last year, Joe? I'm losing all sense Crossroads. of time. That was last year, right? Yeah. So yeah. Crossroads is the, the two main characters. It's a queer non-binary uh, – a, a queer non-binary character and her uh, their girlfriend um and so we're trying to be uh inclusive by saying not the female led but just like the letty led because we're you know you don't make a movie like that without letty being at the helm but like you have these characters Mm -hmm. from the video game that you could bring in and then the cartoon and then you have all these characters and i do think that they're setting this up but then in the week leading up to the movie they're like we would love to have one of these kind of you know female led spinoffs it's like I thought we already. Uh, yeah. I, thought we, I thought we greenlit it. Like I thought that was already <laughs> confirmed. Because like this, like when Mia and Letty go to Tokyo, it's like, oh, mm. this is like they're setting up what that could kind of maybe right. look like, right? So and even like, like Ramsey driving. Yeah, the Ramsey driving thing. Even like Hobbs and Shaw has what Isaac Gonzalez comes in for like her mm-hmm. super squad for like half a minute just to be like, hey, I mm-hmm. exist in this universe or whatever. And yep. then like there's the maybe most random cameo of the year by Cardi B in this movie, and it's like, okay. Like they're they're clearly like trying to establish a presence of other characters in here, uh, where yeah you could see this kind of like fast expendables type thing happen at some point. Um, what else? Any other thoughts on uh, F9? I know we've covered a lot of bases here. Uh, I'm happy that they didn't that they addressed having Jordana Brewster back without Brian being there because I think that she specifically got like Mia and Jordana Brewster got done really dirty from seven until now mm-hmm. and like we were just talking about like how like having the women in the movies like there's no reason why she needed to not be an eight just because paul walker doesn't isn't alive to be an eight so for them to bring her back incorporate her make her a very important part of this movie plot wise and just like you know action sequence wise was great for me like because i think she's great and she doesn't yeah, just like why did why do we have to fridge her? There's no reason to. As opposed, so, 
as, as opposed to Hobbs and Shaw, where we leave out Shaw brothers, this one's like, yeah, there's a brother Toretto. Makes sense to have the sister Toretto still in this movie. Yes, <laughs> well, and that's right. that was the thing. Like, I love Mia because we have a uh, a quiz that we've made on our show, like a BuzzFeed oh. J14 style, like which Fast and Furious character are you? Um, and so I am Mia, and like it tracks because I am like a den mother. Like, I it just it's exactly so. Like, I've always had a fondness for Mia, and so I don't think it was fair, like Joe was saying, to the character, to the actress, that because Paul Walker dies, that her character is like, oh, you can't be in here either, like because mm-hmm. Brian's gone, so Mia's got to be gone or whatever. But we did not give her, and I won't say how, we did not give her the credit she deserved for, like, how she would factor into this narrative. And, like, we talked about that, like, the other Toretto, like, the sister, the sibling, whatever. But, like, they do kind of cool, smart things with her character in this movie that I think work really well. And maybe it's in retrospect seems absolutely obvious, but it, I think I was pleasantly surprised by how they reintroduce her to this thing. And the, the characters, that's, that gets to, like, my main final point. One of the most positive takeaways I had from this was the characters felt true to the characters themselves in this movie. Mm-hmm. That, like, you know, like, we, we established that they're all superheroes and that they can – everybody knows how to fight and everybody knows how to drive and stuff like that. But, like, Mia – reacting to things like mia felt good roman reacting to things like roman does felt nice and none of them felt super exaggerated this time it just felt like they were just playing the roles that they are in the universe and and that was comforting for me mm-hmm. all right so to for for this show joey and joey the, the way we rate movies is when people should go and see them so right now this movie's currently playing in theaters imax it's not streaming at all when when would you say people should go and see this movie? Sorry, Joseph. I think that this is this is a movie that you definitely should see. It's a blockbuster, right? We saw an IMAX. It feels like it was meant for IMAX. There's big action sequences. I, I'm, obviously, we were going to go see it in theaters, but it, it, it feels like a theater movie to me. Like, I know it's tough coming out of COVID and stuff's going to be VOD soon, but, like, it has a big screen feel to it. So for me, I feel like you have to see it in theaters. Joey? I agree with that. I think that if you are interested in the Fast and Furious, by the time this episode comes out, even if you put this episode out like immediately, like right now, I think if you were into this movie, you probably would have seen it. Um, I'm very interested on a broad level of how the like 30 days in theaters and then on video on demand like goes, because I think if you need to or want to wait a month to see this, I think it's okay. But I think see it on a big screen, see it early. Don't watch the trailers if you haven't already. I think we've danced around like there's still a lot of reveals that you would be surprised by and, and that you would enjoy, mm-hmm. I think, if you're a fan of these movies. So see it before, like, people spoil things spoil for you. For I think, yeah. I, like, I don't yeah. know that, like, at this point you could really kind of spoil a movie like this. Um, but at the same time, there's there's fun to be had. I think it's an enjoyable, good movie, especially if you like these – if you like this franchise, I don't think you will dislike this movie. Mm-hmm. So see it soon. Abe? Yeah, I think if you're a fan of the franchise, like you're gonna see it in theaters, that's totally fine. I think that where I would place it on a rating scale is, this is probably like an HBO release. Uh, you don't necessarily have to run out and see it because there's not a whole lot here that you're not gonna that you haven't seen in the other ones. I think if you're gonna see it in theaters, it's kind of just more of the the um, great surround sound that you're gonna get with it. Yeah, I, I I'd say see this in theaters. I think it's a fun time at the movies. I think it's a summer blockbuster that does the things you want from a summer blockbuster, especially if you're a fan of this franchise. I do think it it works in favor of the franchise as opposed to against it. Uh, even if I 
I just, it's just because I like the other, I like other films in the series more that this one sits lower, but I don't dislike this movie. I think this movie's quite good as far as what it's doing. It has some issues here or there, but I mean, it's still delivering on a lot of, for a movie that's almost two and a half hours, by the way, I think it moves pretty well, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is two and a half hours? Almost. Yep. Wow. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the editing. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I, solid theater going experience for me. Mm-hmm. Is this, would you say this is the first movie that like, is this is this the first movie in the pandemic that like you need, you should see in theaters or do you think like a quiet place too like did that deserve the theater treatment as well? Does that question I, make I sense? I liked a quiet place too in yeah. theaters. Okay. I, like, I would. Hmm. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. No. I'd say I'd say yeah. As far as a theatrical experience goes, I liked Quiet Place too more than this movie, but I also think that's a movie that requires not requires, but it certainly benefits from a theatrical experience. So I'd say okay. I'd say that one was more of a necessity <laughs> i mean if you want to go with, with, with this discussion godzilla versus kong would be the first one for me sure okay yeah, yeah, you yeah. should you should see on a big screen that deserves that kind of treatment that's that kind of fits that qualifier for me all right yeah, cool guys well we did our review here for f9 and uh yeah that was, uh, we went as far as we needed to i think on that one so let's move on now let's get to abe what uh what time is it here Aaron's up for a competitive game Ooh. Uh, that was actually the uh, ringtone for Dom's phone back in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he'd, he'd be playing Snake, it. and then he'd hear that all yeah, the time. Yeah, like, oh, i got to put my Snake game away so I could do this. Right. Uh, <laughs> on his Nokia. Oh, it's Jacob calling me. Also, <laughs> all this could have been solved by having a conversation. <laughs> time to block that number. Yeah. <laughs> it could just been solved by saying, like, what's up, man? What happened? And, like, nothing would have been wrong. Nope. Talk to your family. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that, that PSA, Abe. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I have a game for you guys this week. It is called yes. I'm Mad as Hell and I'm Not Gonna Take It Anymore, a Furious Game. Uh, <laughs> this is a game where I'm going to read you the taglines of movies featuring characters who are very angry or furious. And you have to guess oh. what the movie is based off that tagline. Oh, that's if, fun. Okay. If you think you know the answer, say your name to buzz in and then the answer. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. All the power in the universe can't change destiny. Hmm. That could two, be like there are two hundreds taglines. of different movies. <laughs> there are two taglines. That's that's the harder one. The second one's gonna give it away, but I just want to see if you can guys yeah. get it. Abe. Yeah. Avengers Endgame. Incorrect. Here's here's the here's the next tagline. This is gonna whoever buzzes in who is. Pitch Black's darkest star is back. Joey. Joey. The Chronicles of Riddick. It is the Chronicles of Riddick. You're on the board. Wonderful. Right. Thank you. Right. I see how it is, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just to clarify why there's a furious character in that movie, he, there's literally a race of people called the Furions in that movie. So. Mm, got it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here's I was like, Groot's in the movie, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's the next one. Justice is coming. Joey. Joey? F9. It's not F9. But it is. That is a tagline for F9, <laughs> but that's not the tagline. But not the it. one that you were thinking of. I know. <laughs> Justice is coming. Abe, F, uh, Furious 6? It's not a Furious movie. <laughs> Leaving it on Never Joe mind. to see if he gets the right answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, do you have another tagline? Yes. I'm your Huckleberry. Oh, okay. no. Right. I don't know. Really? Okay. No. It's an Abe for the steel? It's an age thing. Yeah. Abe? Abe, Tombstone. It's Tombstone. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm your Huckleberry. That makes uh, sense. Kurt Russell goes, justice is fucking coming at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and hell's coming with it! Yep. <laughs> Here's the next one. We're not your classic heroes. We're the other guys. 
if not the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> and for the bushes? Uh, Abe? Abe. Mystery Men. It is Mystery Men. Wow. Okay. Oh, good one. The other one was, they're not your average superheroes. I saw that in theaters, and I vaguely remember... I think I vaguely remember that second tagline. I don't think I've ever heard that first <laughs> tagline, though. All right, here's the next one. The Inner Beast will be released. Ooh. Is that a car reference? Oh. Hmm. Inner Beast will be released. I'm thinking it doesn't make any sense to have that tagline. Wait, hold on. I, I might admit, is there a Fast and Furious actor in all these movies, or what's the connection between these movies? It's just that there are characters that furious. are serious. Oh, yeah. okay, so it's just every movie that's ever been made. Okay, yeah, yeah, got it. Except for the best movie of all time. Initially, I was trying <laughs> to do that, but there's not enough movies of some of these people to have furious characters in them, so I couldn't okay. go with that thread. Okay, can you repeat the tagline? The Inner Beast will be released. There's a second tag on which is very similar. Unleash the hero within. Oh. Here's a hint. It's not an MCU film, but it kind of is. What? This will be released. Oh, oh. Joey. Joey. Just Hulk. Correct. It is oh. Hulk. Ang Lee's not the Incredible Hulk. Hulk just not the, the Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Just yes. Hulk. Mm. Wow. Ang okay. Lee's. Tricky. Ang Lee's Hulk. Here's the next one. This is so big. Let the healing begin. What? Let the healing begin. Abe? Abe? Anger management? It is anger management. (laughs) (laughs) The most furious movie ever. (laughs) Good job on knowing both that one versus analyze this or analyze that. Remember how Jack Nicholson's only made, like, three movies in the past 17 years, and one of them is Anger Management? Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, He's the, trying to fix the Lakers. Come on. Here's the, <laughs> here's the next one. He didn't succeed this time. Uh, the Adventures of... What, is, what if he's in Space Jam Legacy? Uh, anyway. Uh, the Adventures of an Ordinary Man at War with an Everyday World. Okay, I definitely don't know. Yeah. Say that, I'm sorry. I, 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 I thought it was a different movie than I confuse myself say that one more time the adventures of an ordinary man at war with the everyday world this is a 90s movie oh it also it kind of sounds like the that new ryan reynolds movie free guy kind of sort of maybe 90s movie can you say it one last time the adventures of an ordinary man at war with the everyday world ordinary man is it the is it joey is it Falling down? It is falling down. You got oh, it. whoa. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Good pull. Yeah. Here's the That's next Michael one. Douglas with glasses, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. That's how they credit him on the poster. Michael Douglas with okay. glasses is falling down. <laughs> Holding like an Uzi and a lunch bag? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It says, also starring Robert Duvall with the mustache. Uh-huh. Uh, it's really big on the facial hair and facial accessories. <laughs> that was the 90s for you. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's what, that was the 90s. Remember the 90s when they had constantly over overwritten credits on the posters of movies? <laughs> All right. If the only they knew she had the power. If only they knew she had the power. Here's a second tagline, because that's going to just lead you down paths. Take blank to prom, I dare you. Joey. Joey? Carrie? It is Carrie. Okay, I definitely was... I was thinking Red Sonja, not not in the same ballpark at all. 
Right. Is that the original carry or is that the new carry tagline? I mean, it's the original, but would it matter? <laughs> Fair enough. Here's an exit. Remember that there's a remake of Carrie that exists and we we and we did yeah. a podcast on it and then we just promptly forgot about it. Chloe Grace Moretz. Okay, a major emotion picture. A major Joey. emotion picture. Joey, wow. go ahead. Inside Out. It is Inside Out. Oh wow! Good job. Joey's running away good with this job, one, guys. Buddy. I know. Yeah, no, he's, he's like good. four he's in a row. Good. Yeah. yeah, he's good. Here's the next one. Two more. Okay. He loved it's the American. Two more. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he loved the American dream with a vengeance. That's Joey? a great tag. Joey? Joey? Die Hard with a Vengeance? Incorrect. Ah. <laughs> he loved the American dream with a vengeance? Yes. Abe. Abe? Predator 2. It. <laughs> That no, because that's he's got a few days. He's got he's he's got a, he's got he's he's back in town with a few days. Yeah, but few just days imagine like Predator has like you know family drama. <laughs> oh, trying my, to cook out in the, the fucking yard here. My secret <laughs> son in L.A. I'm back. <laughs> just a lot of clicks to tell everybody that the the burgers are ready. He loved the American Dream of a Vengeance. This is an '80s movie. Oh, Abe. Abe. Predator. It... <laughs> <laughs> He loved that famous, American, that famous American movie, Predator. He loved the American dream, not the South American dream, with, right, right. with a vengeance. Vengeance? The, the, the with a vengeance part throws me off. Is it, is it a sequel or is it not a sequel? It's not a sequel. It features an Oscar winner. It features a white character playing a non-white character. Sorry, a oh, white that... actor playing a non-white character. Yeah, but that's the '80s. That's like any movie. Yeah, yeah. Know. <laughs> as I said, as I was saying that, I'm like, that doesn't narrow down. Yeah, we're like, is this short circuit? He <laughs> loved the American Dream. He with, loved with the, the American Dream. I have dream. one guess, Joe. Yeah. Fear and Loathing. It incorrect. No, that's '97 okay. or something. That's that's. He loved what the, the American Mar- Dream with a vengeance. Abe. Abe. Born in East LA. It... It's Scarface. No? The answer is Scarface. Oh, okay. oh right. God. That should have been an easy one. Yeah, that makes sense. I like all my answers better. Yeah. I guess Chong's <laughs> Canadian, right? So that's the... Anyway. Last one. They have 12 scraps of paper, 12 chances to kill. Joey. Joey? Oh. Yeah, 12 Angry Men? It's 12 Angry Men, but that last oh. bit just throws you off, right? Yep. No, because like, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, cool. Slam dunk. And then you said the second... And like... I didn't even hear the end of it because I'm like, this is I'm wrong. Like it just all chances to kill. Is that what it was? To kill. I'm glad that I'm glad that you stuck with your guns. Got it right. Wow. Wow. Oh boy. Uh, Joe, you ran away with that game. Good job. You are uh, Good job, Joey. a winner this week. I see I see now where your mind's at with games, so I'll come prepared next time. There you go. Yeah. Joe, better luck next time. <laughs> no worries. I'm really bad at these kind of games. Well, we I'm play games, but generally they're games that I host that he plays by himself. So he plays against himself. <laughs> oh, and so you're always the winner, so... kind of. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And we don't have our out now soccer trophies with us, but next time we'll be sure to uh, make sure to hand those out. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, always fun playing games. I did have a tie. I did have a tiebreaker question in case it was it was necessary. So I'll just throw it out there now, so we can uh, go with it because I did the research. Um, mm-hmm. F9 opened to seventy million dollars. What's the domestic box office total for Tokyo Drift? Domestic for Tokyo Drift? The lowest grossing in the franchise. Yeah. Uh, Abe, 162. 162. I think that's too high. I think that's too high, too. I'm going to go like 120-ish. 
Like, it's amazing if you look at the numbers, and I don't, I don't remember them. I, I looked these up a while ago, but like, it's amazing that the the franchise survived mm-hmm. and that they became billion dollar movies because like the first three <laughs> are like they're just going on faith, kind of. Like the first one was a, a first, modest success. First two were pretty good success. First two for their budgets, they did really well. Third yeah, one was like, like on fumes. The fourth one, the key was there was that they made it a legacy sequel by bringing back the old cast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it, it automatically was able to like, oh, we drove a bunch of money from that. Then the fifth right. one had the benefit of, you know, being really good. So that helped as well. Yeah. And being like an Avengers before there was an Avengers by bringing back everybody for that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, speaking of taglines, my favorite, ta- one of my favorite taglines for any movie is for the fourth Fast and Furious, new model, original parts. Yeah. Ooh. I, I just wish that movie was good. Uh, Joe, That's a great tagline for Wally. For, um... Ooh, um... I'm going to go even lower than that. I'm going to go like 70 million. You're on the right track there. It is 62.6 million wow. domestic. Wow, insane. As I mean, a... if you take out the 100 million that I added on, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, F9 opened to 70 million, which is more than the entire run of Tokyo Drift domestically. Wow. Uh, worldwide it made well, good 150. Good job, Justin Lin. Good job on the uh, on the return. Worldwide yeah. worldwide it made 157. So yeah, Tokyo Drift okay. by far was the uh, oh the I think you meant worldwide. That's why I said 167. Yeah, sure, 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 that's what you're. <laughs> excuses, excuses. <laughs> All right, well that was games. Let's move on now. Let's get to some now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash/podcast. We ask a number of questions to our listeners, and they give us some answers. And uh, yeah, uh, Joey, uh, Joe, feel free to throw in some answers of your own if you have any as we go through these here. But uh, cool. First question we have: What are your favorite movies where major action stars are pitted against each other? Mark writes: Jet Li versus Donnie Yen in Once Upon a Time in China 2. Tom Cruise versus Jamie Foxx in Collateral. Those two action stars. Uh, Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris in The Way of the Dragon. Oh, and yeah. The Rock versus Vin Diesel in Real Life. <laughs> <laughs> Again, long con. Definitely long con. You guys, any favorite action team up or pit? Sorry, uh, versus movies. Joey definitely has a couple. What are you thinking, bud? I'm thinking. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking Godzilla vs Kong and Alien vs Predator, but those don't. Those aren't actual answers. I mean, I mean they, they kind of are. <laughs> they're, they're major action stars. I mean. <laughs> Give me a minute. Let me think on it. Let me sure, think sure, on sure. it. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, Hiroyuki Sonata and uh, Joe Talism in uh, Mortal Kombat. You know, the, mm. fantastic. That's actually not a bad pick. Like the you know the movies, whatever. <laughs> but, answer, like, but yeah, but that's not a bad pick as far as putting those two against each other. That's kind of fun, actually. <laughs> I like your Kong versus Godzilla one though. That's uh, they're yeah, major action they, stars. They are known as Kong and Godzilla. They're known as fighters. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. the thing about them is they verse stuff. Like that's their thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know that either qualifies as the action star, but like Cage versus Travolta in in Face Off. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I mean, Cage is that's coming off his. You know, he's just done The Rock and he's about to do Con Air or Con Air's. No, he did Con Air before that. Con Air's right before that. I mean, he's already he's minted himself as an action star within a year, so he's he's there Mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah. And Travolta obviously had Broken Arrow and look who's look who's talking now. So I mean, those are two huge (laughs) action classics. Also. (laughs) Yeah, that baby's crazy. That third one specifically. The other two were like comedies. The third one they really ramped up the action. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, because I mean, like, if you go if you do go back into like to the to the 90s and 80s, yes, I guess you could say like Demolition Man with like. Stallone and Snipes. That's a good one. Yeah. Taco Bell in there too, uh, but you the know only, the only the only franchise that survived the franchise wars. So, uh, I yeah. Mean, the, if you're going back to the '80s again, Stallone versus Lundgren in Rocky IV, the greatest movie that's ever been made. I mean, as Aaron Aaron and Abe say, it's uh, it's not the Cold War. So, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what the well, world says, Abe. Um, but <laughs> as far as if as far I could as change. Uh, as far as you my McAfee change. history books are concerned, I believe that's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> we can all change. All right. Well, if you guys think of anything else, feel free to shout out at any point in time uh, in the segment. The next one, the next question we have here is, who are your favorite action stars of today? Chris has Jason Statham, and Char- Charlize Theron, and Scarlett Johansson. Oh, he spelled any... it wrong. That's what I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I figured it out. It's, like, so it's just Charlie Theron. <laughs> Charlie Theron. <laughs> I was like, I think, yeah, it's Charlize Theron. But any favorite action stars of today? I think that we're positioning that it might not be like an action star yet, but I think that Idris is going to be really big. He seems like he, like, from Hobbs and Shaw getting into, like, the action stuff. We just watched the trailer with him today. I think that, I think that he's on the come up. Yeah, I mean, he's, doing, he's been doing some action stuff. He's got a few. Yeah. he's got a few ones in right. there, and obviously he's got um. What was I? Doing? Stupid thing. Was I just gonna say? I forgot. <laughs> it's gone. I lost it. The Dark Tower. <laughs> the Dark Tower. I was gonna say the Dark yeah. Tower. Oh, All that he, gunslinging yes. he did in that movie. That's where. Yeah, that's where he learned how to use a six shooter. <laughs> um, but I, I will say that you know, Aaron and I, we loved this movie when it came out, and the star has just gone on to do other things. But uh, Iko Uwais, yeah, Iko uh, from yeah. the Raid, yeah, he's just gone on. So many things, and it's like, dude, this guy's really good. And we, I just fake mentioned Joe uh, Taslim as well, but they're both like, yeah, one of them is in the Fest franchise, the other one is in, well, I guess both of them are in the John Wick franchise, maybe, but you know, they're... John... no, neither knows it was Mad Dog is in the John Wick, Mad Dog's in John Wick, okay, Joe, and Ikuwais is in Star Wars, of course, in that very memorable scene where he stands there, <laughs> no fighting, but yeah, those two, I'd say, like, are. Some of the ones that have more recently come through, and obviously Tony Jaa, but you know, um, yeah. Tony Jaa's in like this weird spot where he's like, he's still doing movies, but like he had that period in the 2000s where it's like, this is gonna be the next guy. Then he went kind of yeah. like crazy for a bit, and then came back, and now he's like casually in movies, killing too many <laughs> elephants, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's in Triple X Three: The Return of Xander Cage. Yeah. Which is wonderful. I think we're we're in an interesting time where like if you have a big action star, they just get added to the Fast and Furious movies. Like that's just kind of what happens, right? That's like true. it, it happened with The Rock, and then yep. not and like I, and Gina Charlize Theron for that matter come up. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, Gina Carano and, and yeah. Charlize and Idris and now John Cena. It's just like that's just what happens. Who's the other so. MMA fighter that was in the Fast series? Well, it was Gina Carano. Gina there Carano. was Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, so Ren Rez is who I was thinking of, yeah. So we're just waiting for, what, Randy Couture? <laughs> Jump in here. Like Tyrese mentioned yeah. cotton, ca- uh, cauliflower ears. I'm like, is Randy Couture about to be in this franchise? Yeah. <laughs> That's a very specific thing to see in a sea of people. But yeah. Um, yeah, no. Like, there you go. I think he's not, I would not put him in the, out on this level, but I think that for what he tries to do, he's wildly successful in Frank Grillo. Yeah. Um, like boss level is a blast. Uh, like boss level is not like a great movie, but boss level is really fun and he's good in it. So I think yeah. if you want that kind of like schlocky, that's the kind of thing which like, oh, he's in a Netflix movie. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it 90 minutes. It might not be great, but uh, it's going to be, somebody's going to get their ass kicked by Frank Grillo. And that's all I know. <laughs> he's the he's the lead heavy in Wolf Warrior too. And he's kicking ass in that movie. So, you know, I'm all about seeing Frank Always Grillo. Always kicking ass. He just seems like yeah. he's a, he's like a discount action star. Like I like Frank Grillo, but it seems like the, what they oh, no, give, that's, a, that's, a, that's a perfect way to describe what him. they yeah. give to him is like yeah which is you know it's a shame like it's it's like, yeah i know like, like i would you know i'm not gonna say British... that to frank Gurley's face but i do think he's effective right. in the stuff that he does well i'm sure he, he politely shake your hand and tell you that you're wrong but who's the who's like the british um martial artist scott atkins yes yeah like it feels like he's also like a discount 
you know, movie stuff. Well, because he only does VOD stuff. Like, he yeah. he plays, like, henchman number three in Doctor Strange. Like, that was his, you know, or, yeah. or, or the second henchman in Expendables 2. Like, he pops up and things like yeah. that. Next one, um, have here. You know, he, oh, yeah, I mean, he Sorry. always has been, but, you know, more so recently, especially, like, in his old age, is Keanu Reeves. There you go. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's, I mean, that, yeah. that's the heavy rumor as far as who could be joining the fast franchise at some point that he's... well yeah he would probably because he's buddies with david leach so he would join i think he was gonna he was supposed to be in hobbs and shaw one and then scheduling didn't work out and yeah. so instead of just having yeah. him as a cameo he might be like the big bad in hobbs and shaw two so we'll you know whenever that is so but i mean we did a whole podcast about him we've seen every one of his movies and so uh, i agree he's wonderful I'd love him to join the Fast franchise just so we could say, you owe me a life, Toretto. That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next question. What are some great films about characters returning from the dead? Chris Mm. writes The Crow, and Todd Levin, friend of the show, writes Night of the Living Dead. They're all coming back. Uh, That's a good question. Some great movies about characters returning from the dead. Pet Cemetery, um, their son returns, and has a terrible Achilles scene. Uh, So, yeah. It's where he's reading the Iliad. It's like, no, my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> Herman Munster gets killed by this kid? No way. Mm. Characters returning from the dead. I mean, Fast and Furious 6, because Letty dies, supposedly dies, True. and she comes back. <laughs> She's got amnesia. Come on. Yeah. Let's see. Black Panther mm. Black Panther dies and comes back, right? He gets tossed off a waterfall. And... That's it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Resuscitated by the uh, the flower and also being kept on ice. Both, both of those things? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you guys see anything, anything feel free I can, to I can name like plenty of zombie movies. I'm trying to avoid that. So. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's it's not really. I mean, he, I don't know that he comes back, but uh, it's also wildly different tonally than what we're talking about. But uh, a ghost story, I'm just thinking about, which I just yeah, love yeah, and yeah. think about and cry and whatever. But like, uh, yeah, he doesn't really come back, but he's he dies early and then he's just in the movie and yeah. Uh, yeah. He's also he's also a time traveler. True, and that's like the the craziest thing I've ever that, seen. That's like a really cool part, though. Technically, yeah, we're so. all time travelers. But... <laughs> Sorry, it's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I do I do agree. I really I do like that movie a lot. I I, I really yeah. appreciate the kind of voice. Well, I like the way that he finds closure too in that movie. So uh, I do want to know what that note says. Who do you think um, owns that sheet? You think like Affleck has that? Probably. Or like, like Rooney Mara has it, or like they, or like he has a pie and she has the sheet. And they like hang out. Well, she got the pie tin because she actually ate the pie, and then he's got the sheet, but it's all framed like a football jersey in his house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a twelve by twelve. It's a huge. <laughs> it's just a huge. Yeah. It's like he had a tapestry, and he's like, you know what, the sheet's better. <laughs> I could have this art on the wall, but no, the sheet from a ghost story. Um, the next question is. What are the most insane car stunts you've seen in film? Chris has Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Mad Max Fury Road have to include all the Fast and Furious films. And yep. lastly, The Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah, the, the corkscrew jump. Mm-hmm. Most insane, insane car stunts. We watched a, ton- watch a ton of classic car movies that had some great stunts. And like, if you're into the car movies... There was like vanishing point has great it, like yeah. contextually at the time you have to like think about it but we watched like a bunch of old ones that had a bunch of what Dirty Mary Crazy Larry had some fun ones mm-hmm. yeah like th- those that's what I'm thinking of right now mm-hmm. I watched you have a, any... I watched Race from the Devil not too long ago and that like they they go to town on how to use this RV as far as like putting it into a giant <laughs> car chase that lasts for like you know 20 minutes. And like you mentioned, to live and die in LA earlier, like yes. the backwards freeway chase was just one of the best car chases of all times. So. Exactly. Yeah. 
Even like Death Proof. I mean, it's not like Daredevil yeah, sure. got, got Zoe Bell on the hood of the car and drove 60 miles an hour against Kurt Russell. Mr. Nobody yep. himself. Is it weird that they call him Mr. Nobody constantly and not just like nobody? He's, he's, you know, he's the best CIA agent ever. Well, in the in the cartoon, in Spy Racers, there's Ms. Nowhere. So like there's just there's a precedent like, in that organization. In, so. in that realm, it's like that's a cartoon. Like I can, it's just it feels awkward for adults to be saying Mr. Nobody the whole time. It's supposed to just like nobody. Nobody. Or, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, he presented yeah. himself as such. So you got to use the uh, the salutation. And it's Kurt Russell, right? So this is true. Yeah. Hollywood's favorite. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see what that said. Nothing but... else to add. Okay. <laughs> All right, next question here. What vehicle are you bringing to a car chase? Chris writes, either my 73 Stingray or a blown 77 Chevelle. I got to go Skyline, right? Like, that's... There you go. That's my answer. You're, you're a Brian 30, in this situation? Yeah, I, oh, I mean, obviously. <laughs> if I could bring Brian to drive, too, that would be even better. But, oh. yes, Skyline. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned Death Proof, just like a, an old classic, just like a 70s muscle car, right? Like a Charger or a Challenger or any of those, just all power. Also, you know, Dom in these movies, right? So, but yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, we're thinking big here. I like it. I'm going to go super uh, simple, and I'm going to go with whatever car they were driving in the way of the gun. Benito del Toro and Ryan Philippi just running <laughs> away. In like that old Chevy, that old or whatever. like Chevy truck thing. That yeah. they had. <laughs> We're even gonna get out and walk on foot for a second. I'm into so. that. I'm into that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what you know? There's that movie um, Carpool with Tom Arnold and David Paymer, and like the one time he had a leading role in a movie. It, it's not important if you don't know this. They they drive a minivan. Sure, why not? How about that? There you go. Yeah, minivan. <laughs> you want a minivan for a car chase? They're that works. Quite luxurious cars. <laughs> You'll be comfortable. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next question is: Dom and his crew are all about family. What movie family would you like to join? Chris has Chef. Always wanted to, to always wanted to be close to a Cuban pork sandwich. He's not wrong. Also great uh, uh, pasta and that stuff, and also grilled cheese. So, any movie families you want to join? Other than the Toretto's, other than these? Yeah. Hmm. I mentioned earlier, but I mean, you know, the Adams family. I mean, I didn't mention it. I mentioned the Munsters, but along the lines of weird families. The well, you know, I, th I think what, one of my favorite, I don't know if it's a genre, but like one of my favorite tropes in a movie is like a found family. And I don't know that like, like I'm just looking at like lists of movies as I've been trying to find answers to these questions. But like, like American Honey has just like a bunch of like ragtag bunch That's of misfits and like mm -hmm. everybody mm -hmm. wants some of just a bunch of college dudes playing baseball together and just like not necessarily a family, but like the family dynamic, right? Sure. So yeah, everybody wants them. It's a good movie. That might be, uh, I don't think it's my favorite movie, but like if I could only watch one movie forever, mm -hmm. it would be that movie. I think that movie is the most rewatchable movie that's like ever been made. At least for me, for me, for like what I'm interested in, that's number one. I'm mean, gonna do a spin-off deep dive on that movie because I have a lot of thoughts about it. I love I mean, it so much. Mentioning like Chef and this movie in the same breath is like these are great hangout movies in general. As far yeah. as just like putting them on and just watching them, there's so many things going on. As far as just like I enjoyed the time I'm spending with these people. Yeah. Last question we have here. What villain should Dom and the gang face off in, in next in the next Fast and Furious film? Chris writes, well, now that they've done space, maybe aliens? Can't get much more far-fetched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm thinking, like, it ultimately... Th they kind of fight the government, but like, I would like to see them fight a country. Right? Like, that's... <laughs> Bangladesh like, has it in for you, Dom. A oh. real one? Yes. Yeah, like a real one or a fake one? I guess we're going to have to take it to Bangladesh. Like, like, yeah. They travel They're going to go fight Sokovia. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's that would be like, that's just like a fun fantasy that I would have. Yeah. Like I a small country, like, one they could yeah. fight. 
that actually makes a lot of sense. Like some, because uh, they did it with uh, without remorse, where they just Michael B. Jordan fought off all the entirety of like some Eastern European country. Um, but no, I would say that the only place to go from here is they have to fight the Muppets, and because nobody's really a bad guy, it turns into a sing song movie where they all become did, friends at the end. Did you just well, see they, this news that yeah. came out? No, uh, is yep. it a Muppets movie? <laughs> with, no. Oh. <laughs> You got so excited. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> no, but uh, Vin Diesel just said he would love to do a Fast and Furious musical. I would be down for that. You know, right? it's not it's not out of the realm of pot in terms of like he. We have to remember, Diesel's a giant nerd, and he watches a lot of stuff. Like I'm, I'm sure yeah. he's, he's especially looking at like the triple X stuff. He's big into Bollywood. I can, like I can see a Fast and Furious movie that has that kind of influence, which would inherently make it a musical to some degree. Like the action scenes this are already is in the that best realm. Best I've had all weekend. <laughs> No, you were saying this. It's not like it's like he's officially put it in the book that's going to be a musical. It's yeah, more like, yeah, yeah. you know, the questions come up in an interview, and he's like, yeah, I'd love to do that. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's the extent Good morning, Ben Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this is great. He's getting his coffee. <laughs> Sounds like your charge is back from the shop. Gotta be. He just keeps going. <laughs> anyway, musicals. <laughs> Villain musical. There you go. So Lin Manuel Miranda will be the villain of the next movie, I naturally. Oh, Maybe. Boy. Oh boy. Maybe. Yeah, I know. I'm. I don't know how you guys feel. I'm hot and cold. I mean, I think genuinely, in terms of like taking this question seriously, uh-huh. uh, very seriously. Like, I, it, that's not what this show is about here. I know. But, like, it has it has to be cipher probably, but also like put Keanu in there. Like, it feels like there's Keanu so many things that they're pretty. actually yep. realistically yeah. hovering around. Like, I love Nicolas Cage. We have the whole podcast network named after him. I don't know that like. I think he would have fit at an earlier incarnation of this franchise. I don't think he fits now. Um, it's hard because, like, who is of a movie – who's a movie star of the caliber of the of the like? Oh my God, they got him or her. Like, it would be Tom like Cruise, it'd be like, like I don't know that it, Tom Cruise. It would be though. like it would be like Arnold or Stallone. That would be the natural way to yeah. go. I think yeah, in, yeah, that, yeah. in that kind of think... action realm with like a legit credibility to him, like that'd be the way right. you'd go. And I'd I'd say Stallone is more like we'd be more likely than Arnold at this point, but. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. I just think that's like the, that'd be the natural way to go if you're going to like mm-hmm. try to get like the ultimate action guy to be like at the center of all of this. That's also not like laughable the second you see them, because right. it's not going to be like John Claude Van Damme. That'd be silly. Or Stephen. Yeah. You know what actually would be very cool, and I just thought I we've we've talked about Stallone and Schwarzenegger joining. What if Mr. Nobody, like his organization, whatever it is, it's just all '80s action stars, mm-hmm. and like yep. there's yep. also Arnold. They're all in the suits, so they, it just I don't know. That could be cool. That'd like that's the way to bring them in. I think that's the way to do it. You if you, you can't get one and make them the focal point, but if you brought like all of them in for like a scene, you'd be like, yeah, that worked. It's just, you know, it's just like everybody in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Going. You, you mentioned or I mentioned, but like um, going back to like who could be in these movies, or, like what fell, fell through and stuff. Like I remember like what Denzel was like. That was the idea for nobody, right? That's what they wanted for nobody. You didn't say yes, but that was like that was an idea that they had. I can't imagine him being like still in this franchise just to no. fill in like bit parts to be like you gotta find this thing, guys. Or <laughs> Dom, you gotta try these this this uh this uh this ale. Like it's like okay. You gotta try this ale. <laughs> like Kurt Kar- like Kurt Russell tried to convince Dom to like drink the imported ales the whole time. So right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't see like Denzel lowering himself that far to like do this kind of thing. Well if they if they did get Denzel, you know, whatever fast eleven is gonna win the Oscar for like, you know, best actor. It damn well be <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be Denzel for best supporting actor. So, <laughs> anyway, that's out now. Feedback, 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 and that is going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, 
yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now There Native. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there, but I'm also writing reviews over at leadofentertainment.com and Criterion Reviews at Why So Blue. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? I'm stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, when all this is over, your dad will be asking you for an allowance. <laughs> it's a long hashtag. Uh, uh, jo- jo- Joey Lewandowski, where can people find more of you online? Uh, well, you can go to cageclub.me slash Joey, J-O-E-Y, and find links to me everywhere. But the most important thing is to listen to Too Fast, Too Forever every Tuesday. When does this episode come out? Uh, this should drop probably Monday tomorrow or Tuesday. Or Tuesday yeah. Yeah. So today they're actually – okay, so maybe for the first time in the history of the show, there's not a new episode today because our new episode from today came out a couple days ago because we're like F9. But next <laughs> week we're talking about Fast and Furious number four, and then we're talking about a movie called F9 once again. So if you love the Fast and Furious movies, check us out. We also do movies that aren't that. It's just – it's dumb. It's a dumb show, but it's a fun it's show. Fun, yeah. And so Too Fast, Too Forever, anywhere you get podcast, and just check out cageclub.me slash shows for all like 31 or whatever of our shows. Like there's a bunch of stuff over there, so – Go do it. Nice. And Joe, too. Where can people find more of you? All the links to my social media things are on Cage Club as well. And I'm easy to find at Too Fast Too Forever on everything. If you message the Facebook page or the Twitter, um, I'll usually respond. So hit us up there. And we're, yeah, we're easy to find. Very cool. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now Fair Today on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud Podomatic and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at unoppodcast at gmail.com. Right on our Facebook wall, Facebook.com slash unoppodcast, or tweet us at twitter.com slash underscore podcast, where we have a long standing feud, brand new, with the Too Fast Too Forever podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. Uh, Joey, Joe, thank you both for joining us this week. Thank you, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. That was a lot of fun, guys. Good. Glad New to have you New friends that we've on. met on the highway. Yeah. <laughs> hey, life is a highway. Yes, this is true. <laughs> but that is going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. Moving on, speeding through the fast lane. They say I know magic, how my wish change. They don't see what I see. Go against the game, you know it's past me. Zero to hundred, you know I'm on, on go. Play with my dog, you know I'm on, on go. Bottles on bottles, you know I'm on, on go. Moving too fast, you know we on, on go. Hey, the switch, you make the wheels go up. If I gotta make a call, you made a wrong, wrong choice. I will get up, you know I'm on, on go. Moving too fast, you know I'm on, on go. Well, the colon's not always in it, and I only bring that up because we've talked a lot about what this movie's called, and <laughs> yep. we don't have an answer. <laughs> No, I, I like that they're really messing with you on this one. Every every fast movie is like a challenge <laughs> as far as how to yeah. how to get you to understand the title. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. True, true. Yeah. Well, the furious set, but like, well, fast. That's the curious. That's the curious curious one. Like, true fans know that it's actually called Furious Six because that's what Justin yes. Lin was calling it, but it's officially titled Fast and Furious fast Six. Furious Six. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like they didn't want him to have his way or something because then Seven's Furious Seven. It's like, wait, what? Like, so we. <laughs> So, did, so when Justin Lin refers to these, does he call it Fast Five, Furious Six, and Furious Seven? Like that? Is that what he? Is that what he says? <laughs> he What's nice does. is in, in the in the UK they're just Fast and Furious One through Eight, and this is probably Fast and that Furious makes Nine. A lot like of they more just sense. they cut out all the nonsense, which is you know it's part of the fun. I don't know because. Right. 
it's F9 in some places. I've seen it stylized as hashtag F9 in other places. Mm-hmm. F9 the Fast Saga, no colon. F9 colon the Fast Saga, mm-hmm. Fast and Furious 9. And then even in interviews, it's not consistent. Like, Vin will call it, like, Fast and Furious 9. It's like, well, that's not on anything officially anyway. It's like, what what are we doing? <laughs> Vin, Vin's got so many different universes in his head, though, because he's, you know, he's obviously thinking everything in D&D terms. So it's like, he's Dungeon Master here. He's the star over here. He's the wizard <laughs> that, over that, here. That like, he's... makes a lot of sense if you explain it that way. <laughs> The Japan's the best though, because it's just the Wild Speed series, right? It's Wild Speed, Wild Speed X2, Wild Speed X3 Tokyo Drift, Wild Speed Max, Wild Speed Mega Max. That's great. Wild Speed Euro Mission, Wild Speed Sky Mission. Like, those are a lot of fun. <laughs> it's the I best. would like. I, I'm gonna get those as like a DVD import instead of like the Fast and Furious saga. <laughs> it, it comes with a toy and it's like Woody from Toy Story for some reason. It's like that's oh, Japan's weird. <laughs> but he's got tattoos. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a... <laughs> okay, good trailer talk. <clears throat> the movies. <laughs>